we'll uh, we'll let you guys share you guys. some lighthearted stories. I do. I, I love, love you guys. all the way over there in El Paso, and I love you sitting across. I mean, the room you're all right, me. but no. podcast where we talk about all things pop punk emo post hardcore the broader punk scene and everything in between and play some of our favorite jams for you today on episode five we get vulnerable and talk about some pivotal moments in our lives and the part music has played in them and trevor schools us on craft beer if you want to keep up with us online you can follow us on instagram at the elder emo podcast or like us on facebook at the elder emo podcast thanks for joining us and enjoy the show. Cheers, mates. Cheers, yeah. Not virtual, a, virtual cheers. Virtual cheers. There's a real clinkity yes. clank. There's a real clink. Let's and a make another clink. clink just so it sounds like Trevor's glasses hit too. <laughs> oh, he, he's got to hit both of ours. So one more. There, there we, we go. go. Three hey, clinks. Three clinks. We got it done. Three clinks. I like it. What you what you sipping on there, Trevor? Got myself this uh, Stone Tangerine Express Hazy IPA. Ooh. Even your IPAs, bro. I, I'm, I'm not on. I'm, I can't do IPAs, man. Too much hops. I don't. I don't hate IPAs. They're just not my favorite. I uh, hate is a strong word, but I just I, if there was an IPA, <laughs> I just really, really, was really an, don't like them. There was a. There was another. <laughs> yeah, that. 
screw know. whatever see, I was about still, to say. It's that was the perfect. Elder Emo podcast. You got to gotta quote some plain white tees whenever you can. Of course. <laughs> hey there, Delilah. My name's not Delilah. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> I my tried. Name is not Delilah. I tried. That's I am not, not a princess. <laughs> For some reason during the summer, dude, I'm always like drawn towards IPAs. I don't know. It's it's. I used to hate IPAs when I first started drinking like huh. craft brew, but now... I love them, man. Especially during the summertime when it's like getting super hot and it's getting closer to the hotter season. I'm I'm always about IPAs around this time of year. Nice. Yeah, we I I have a bunch of a uh, Bosque or Bosque or however you say it in the fridge right now. I sent you all the picture of last week, I guess. Yeah. Um, that Riverwalker IPA is pretty good. Yeah, dude. Um, and then the Open Space Haze or whatever. It's like a hazy IPA. That's probably my favorite. Yeah, the way you were explaining that one, like an IPA but less hoppy with better flavor. Yeah. How how would you describe a hazy? I don't know what the actual like Yeah, you're the brewmaster terminology would be. I so just said it wasn't hazies are more like hazies are more like towards the like tangerine fruity like um oh, yeah. I guess like orange juicy side of the IPA. IPAs and like most IPAs in general are usually like you want that forward like Hoppy, it's just depending on what side of the coast that you're on. So, mm-hmm. like, especially now that hazies are super, like, um, popular right now, hazies are going to be always towards more of the, like, like I said, the more tangerine, orange yeah. juicy side of that spectrum. But then, like, most people, like, regular craft brew people, they're all about, hey, I want an IPA that tastes more like, I want a grassy note. I want more of a, like, an earthy, an earthy note to my IPA. And that's the kind of IPAs that I, I look for. But, I mean... Like I said, every once in a while, since it's getting hotter, I'm really into the tangerine, like hazy IPA towards right. towards that side of it. And I can get with that. That's that's kind of like how the social hour is from Santa Fe Brew. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of it's essentially kind of fruity, a little bit fruity, kind of yeah. citrusy, more citrus flavor than. It's a real refreshing drink, you know. So yeah. is this though? This uh, oh, dude, this dry water? Japanese dry. What is the company even? Uh, Tumble Root. Tumble root out of Santa Fe. Distillery. Oh, so it is okay. Yeah, it's out so it's of just Santa Fe. That. It's not like from Japan. It's just like no. an after a Japanese. Yeah, okay. so it, they actually brew it with rice. That's what I th- thought was like huh. really cool. And they do since they're the brewery is apparently at a like an elevation too. I explain that to me, Trevor, because I've always wondered what. So the elevation does what, play a factor in. What does elevation really do when you're brewing beer? Is it just something fancy you say, or does it does it actually <laughs> have an incremental use for brewing? No, so it actually it actually does have an incremental use. So I mean, like whenever you're di- the different elevation that you're at. So like for instance, us um, in El Paso, since we're more like well, anyway, where I'm living, we're towards the mountain side of El Paso, right? Right. Yeah. So since we're at a higher elevation, our our um, what's I'm looking for? Our boiling temp is at a like. I don't remember if it's higher or lower. I don't remember exactly, but that's what fluctuates. The different like temperatures that you have to fluctuate at, the higher elevation that you're at, it's either, like I said, I don't remember if it's higher or lower, but whatever elevation that you're at, you're going at a different temperature. So, I mean, some people have to do it at a, at a lower rest when they're like um, dropping out, and some people have to do it at a higher rest when they're, doing, when they're dropping out, like when they're actually temping into a bucket or, or um, purging out everything into their beer yeah that makes sense okay 
Cool. The more I've you always, know. I've always, I've always thought that that was just like something fancy people said. Like this was, this was brewed at like a higher elevation, so it's like you know, yeah, we're we're up here, you know. Yeah. But no, that that's actually cool. We're that's better. good to know. Yeah, we're better than you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we're above you, literally, <laughs> literally <laughs> and figuratively. <laughs> I just, man, that makes me wish there were a couple of little towns we passed through going to the camp that had like local breweries, and we were like. Oh, we should stop there and check it out. But we were kind of in a hurry to, you know, make it for dinner to the camp Thursday. And then last, well, yesterday it was like seven in the morning. So they weren't open. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of sucks. But I bet you that would have been an interesting thing to try knowing, knowing what I know now, because we were at almost 9,000 feet elevation on that mountain. So nice. And see, Colorado is like known for their, like their, their beers. They have a, they actually have a brewery there. I forgot what it's called. Um, they have a whole thing where they like, it's like a, a hotel, I believe. Like they're like, mm. they have a brewery within the hotel. Like That's it's a pretty whole dope. Huh. Interesting. I know what, what company is from, is it Odell that's from Colorado, from Fort Collins? I believe so. One of those, so. Odell or Breckenridge, maybe one of those. But yeah. No, we, we saw a bunch. Like any, every time we passed by, it was like, oh, beer, beer, beer. Like, <laughs> It's just a thing now. Everybody makes their own beer, but well, beer like I I was totally numb to it until like I started, you know, well I was old enough to start drinking and I was hanging out oh, with yeah. y'all too a little bit more and y'all started showing me like actual craft beers. Like that one time you came down Trevor and you brought your home brews. Oh yeah. Those oh, were yeah. those were actually really freaking badass mm-hmm. and I was like, "What is this?" Like I thought beer just tasted like piss like and it just, <laughs> you just drank it to get drunk and then y'all yeah. showed me like a whole different like world within it like how there's whole different like textures world. different flavors you know it's crazy like i i never thought i'd be like into like craft beers as much as i am now that's funny on the yeah. side note this the tumble root the japanese dry lager is 16 bucks for a six pack yeah yeah, but, it's also the different but, like the skinnier like Red Bull cans, yeah, twelve ounce. But which I, I will say, drinking it right now, it is great, well worth the sixteen dollars. I would pay that and then some for this. Like this is actually very very good stuff. Oh yeah, uh, yeah I mean because those those craft brews, you're you're kind of paying for like the work that they put into. Yeah, that. definitely, yeah. and that's another thing. I don't I don't mind it's not that. mass produced and. There's a lot of time and work that goes into it. That makes sense. But I, I, I would have been a little upset if we took a sip of this and I was like, God, what is this crap? You yeah. know? <laughs> I had one yesterday. So this. <laughs> we stopped for lunch in Santa Fe again yesterday. We went to this place called the Burger Stand. Mm-hmm. It pretty good burgers, by the way. But like, you know, it was nothing but like New Mexico beers on tap. And uh, what was the company called? Uh, second Second Street, I think, was the the brewery, and it was okay, their, yeah, their, yeah. their Kolsch, and that was pretty dang good. That was a refreshing afternoon drink with my burger. I I very much enjoyed it. I was gonna say, um, do you remember when we went to San Antonio for like the first time? Oh, for our um, it was like a little, I guess a little like trip when we went with your parents to oh, to yep. uh, to Sea World and all so, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The town that we stopped in before we got there, um, is it Fredericksburg? Is that what it's called? Yes. Yep. Little, little German town. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a brewery there that's like a huge, like, it looks like a castle. Their brewery does. They have 
such a great Kolsch, dude. Like I've I've gotten really into Kolsches and like because uh-huh. my my wife's dad, well, her family, they're all German. So like his biggest thing is like German beers. Like when he makes an Oktoberfest, dude, I swear his Oktoberfest is the best Oktoberfest I've had in my entire life. Nice. I've had I've had a lot of Oktoberfests, but his his is like the best I've ever had. And that place, like he talks about them a lot because since they're they're from like a German background, he he loves them. And then finally, yeah. I got to try their Kolsch, and I was like, dude, I remember I I saw this brewery, and like I I thought about it, and I looked them up, and I was like, yeah, it's them, dude. It's that place that. That brewery, their their Kolsch is awesome. So if you ever get your hands on it, dude, try their try their Kolsch. Explain Heck a Kolsch yeah. to really, me. Really Explain a Kolsch to me. <laughs> Zach's over here like question. <laughs> <laughs> well, while we're on this topic, yeah. I'd like to learn a little bit more. Yeah, everybody's gonna learn today. <laughs> so Kolsch's are more like It depends on what kind of Kolsch you get. So Kolsch's are definitely from a German background, and they're they're mainly like 11 to 12% beers, just depending on like what you're getting. Um, most of the time, they try to run it a little bit lower, so it's it's more of like a like a lighter beer. You're not getting like super heavy, like I'm going to get full from this beer. It's more of like I'm going to drink it. It's 11%er. It might give me a little tipsy, but it's also going to be very refreshing. refreshing. It's not going to be heavy on you. You're you know. not going to be feeling bloated and stuff. Okay. Exactly. Nice. Wake up, you're a drama queen. Carry on like you're supposed to be. Get away, hurry up, come on. Get away. How long have you been in your bedroom? It's been three days straight with the sheets in your pillow. The clock on the walls, a reminder of my father and all his integrity. I know that I should let it get to me. Money does and who am I kidding? A dad in a job and a lack of family. This town really gets to me. Wake up, you're a drama queen. Carry on like you're supposed to be. Get away, hurry up, come on. Get away, gotta get up and go. Break out from the drama scene. Stick around, it'll bury me. Get away, hurry up, come on. This is becoming a catastrophe.
don't know He's got her best friend on the phone She'll wash her hair, his dirty clothes Are all he gives to her And he's got posters on the walls Of all the girls he wish she was And he means everything to her Her boyfriend some Forever the Sickest Kids for you, and American Hi-Fi, a band that probably nobody besides me and Trevor have ever heard of. Yeah, I'd never, <laughs> I'd never heard that. I'd never listened to them, never well, knew of like, them. Flavor of the Week, that was one of those that was in like all the teen like comedy movies, right? I, I oh, recognize yeah, the song, like, yeah. but... Is, that it, in um, the, uh... is it John Tucker Must Die? Is that the movie? It's one of those movies. Yeah. Yeah, I recognize the song. I just like the band. Like, what? (laughs) One of these days, we're going to have to do a whole episode about like teen comedies and how music played into that. That was a straight up. Teenage Dirtbag, man. That song was like all over the 90 movies, dude. Oh, yep. That was like a straight up neon block there. Yeah, it really was. It was like proto neon and then the the fathers of neon. The the, the sickest kids. Yeah. (laughs) On that topic, that's, that's one of those like. The neon pop punk era was like I I was never one of the the uh, 
I was a neon emo kid. So like I listened to that a kind Nemo of stuff. Kid. Yeah, a Nemo kid. I like that. Official dub, copyright, hands down. I need some money from that. Yep, definitely. <laughs> yeah, so I, I like to listen to a lot of the, the neon stuff, like Mayday Parade, Forever oh, yeah. the Sickest Kids. I, I would like, even consider like Death Cab part of that neon sort yeah, of. They were they were they were around in that, yeah. They're, 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 that I, glamour kills yeah. pop punk. That kind of stuff. Like every band that wore like the Glamour Kills. You remember that brand with like the pig with wings? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah so, they, you know. They called it the whole like the, the like metro emo like phase where you oh, like yeah. wore all kinds of colors. And, oh, like, dude, I was, ne- I was literally colors, like yeah. neon. I'm neoned out today, actually. I got the bright, bright shirt on. I was about to say, dude, I love that shirt on you, dude. It's, yeah. it's good. It's awesome, dude. I love it. It's so comfortable, too. <laughs> <laughs> it looks silky smooth. It is. It's very silky. You want to feel I do want to feel it. Ooh. As- also yeah. repping another uh, Matt Kershaw shirt. Here. Nice. There you go. I still need to buy some of his stuff. I have the mug, the Emo's Not Dead mug. That's about all I got right now. <laughs> I'm going to get some of his shirts, though. They're, they're awesome. We should all like collectively go in and buy shirts. Oh, yeah. How about that uh, the Felt Emo in the Club video? Did y'all see that? Uh-uh. No, I didn't. I wanted to see it, though. Oh, no, yeah, I did. I did. I did watch it. So it's like he's dressed up like he does in his felt emo might delete later videos. Right. But he's like in in a a, a nightclub, and he's rapping about being an emo kid. Dude, it's like the funniest freaking thing in the world. And then 303 shows up at the end of the video. (laughs) What? 303? (laughs) He's he's like, 303, I saw you at every Vans Warped Tour. I'm the guy who threw his panties on stage. (laughs) He's like... I got pink eye. We had to cancel the rest of the tour. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's dude. awesome. Dude, what those guys are doing now like, is like the dream. Like, they write music for so many artists these days. Oh, like, yeah. You wouldn't even know it until you actually looked it up, like who they've worked with and who they've worked for. Wow. I know. It's crazy because, I mean, they still release their own music, but they, you never hear yeah. much I've actually about thought it. about doing that just because I, I loved writing music. It was just the creative process about bringing it to life. Like, because I could write a song like nobody's business, man. Like, I loved mm-hmm. writing songs. Like, I guess we're doing this. All right. Oh, refill, yeah. You're, you're writing a song like nobody's business? Yeah. Uh, oh, like, I almost it's missed just, my glass. It's always it's always fun to write songs. I love the songwriting process and you know like trying to put like meaning and words. Like I love wow. the wordsmithship. Like wow. I was always into like creative writing and stuff. So I love how clear that beer is. Man. It's beautiful, that right? Like you just wait for that. Too. It's just look at the head on it. It's perfect. It's got the right amount of fizz to it. Like I don't know I, if you can see that from that. Not distance, mine, but mine's like only f- like fifty percent liquid. I was kind of hoping that, like, before you before you guys are able to come down here, whenever that happens, I want to get a kegerator. So a kegerator is pretty much just like a it's like a a, a, ta- a double tapped refrigerator, and like you just oh, have yeah. the taps on the top, and that way you can put your kegs in and huh. and run your taps to the top. That Heck way yeah. that whenever, because me and her dad were talking, he wants to brew a beer with me at some point. That way that we can have our own beer here. And I can also just like order kegs because apparently Albertsons does kegs too. So if I wanted oh, to yeah. just get a keg. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. I always forget about that too. I never need that much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've only been to a kegger one time yeah. and the keg was so shook up, bro. I, I was just, the, I was the MVP of that party though because I, nice. I did the ultimate keg stand. I did 25 seconds on the keg. Yeah, with the foamy ass beer, and yeah, I was the MVP. It was like a it was like a 
random like bonfire kegger that I got invited to because <laughs> I was associated with some of the the redneck crew from high school. Oh yeah, and they were like, "Hey man, I don't know what you got going on tonight, but we we're th- we got a bonfire going. We got a keg." I was like, "Dude, keg? Count me in." So we're we're the like so when we were in high school, like I know we're only a couple of years apart, but you know, kids are so different from year to year. When we were in high school the redneck like cowboy kids were listening to like the weirdest like hip-hop music yeah like party like a a rock star and nelly and all that 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 was that was how that so that's the music that was probably playing at that yeah they were playing a lot of random stuff it was kind of crazy didn't i didn't understand it you see like all these like cowboys in their like pickups and they're out like that and of course they're drinking like cowboy beer like coors or budweiser or something and they all have confederate flags in the back of their oh yeah. yeah that was but then the music a... is like party like a rock star oh it's oh, like oh oh gangnam style yeah yeah half of them were all like uh former emo kids yeah like, oh, half yeah. Of the people that just... yeah 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 <laughs> Uh, no, that was a thing because we were only a few years apart. That was still a thing, yeah. you know. Okay, so. I just didn't know if that yeah, lasted yeah, yeah, that yeah, long. Yeah. It, it definitely so did. So weird. Probably even past when I graduated, but I wouldn't be surprised if they still do now. Honestly, I, I was I had a really weird social circle in high school because like most of my friends that I hung out with like outside of school had all dropped out like yeah. midway through my high school career. So I had to like I I was I socialized with like like the the choir kids because obviously i was in choir but i had friends that were in like drama i had friends from band you know i had the the country friends i had like athlete friends like like i had friends in every single class like people that i could you know associate with and talk to but like it was just so so weird how like eclectic like i i would hop lunch tables (laughs) like (laughs) because i had so many different like friends and so many different circles yeah it's like a chameleon of sorts, I guess. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Nope. I just, I didn't talk to a lot of people in high school, like ever. I was just socially weird back then. I didn't want to be there. Didn't want to see anybody or talk to anybody. Just wanted to go play music, so. Yeah. I talked to Luis because he played guitar, and that's about it. <laughs> well, and I then, mean, my my senior year, I was 100% convinced that, you know, the band we had at the time was going places, and we were going to be big. Oh, and yeah. so I was like... I guess I could say I was kind of oh. stuck up in that aspect a little bit because I was like, oh, I'm yeah, I'm in a band. Yeah. We just got back from El Paso last night. Yeah, we played yeah. for about mm, 15 people, you know. Yeah. We're, How we're many gonna people be, do you play for? We're going to be the next big thing, bro. Let me tell you about it. <laughs> Your yeah. mom was there. Was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dude, basically. that just – that just I don't know why, but that just reminded me of um, – you know when we would do the shows at the teen center that, like, oh, yeah, we would book ourselves? Like – I remember there was one when I when we were juniors, I think. Yeah, it had to be. Um, you know, we we did the show that Saturday, and I remember being in class on Monday, and these like gangster kids were talking to like, man, I was trying to play basketball on Saturday, but they were having some stupid rock concert, and I was like, <laughs> that's me. Like that was that was me. I ruined bro. your Saturday night. Those teen center shows were next level, bro. Yeah. Like honestly, the booking you did and the way that you did those, like those were like you could seriously consider a career as a promoter, dude. Like honestly, dude, I haven't even like if you could throw something that like that so together long, at a place like the teen center, man. Imagine what you could do. Yeah, I always thought about it. Like 
I like the idea of like creating events and bringing people together. Well, the flyers you made were also really cool too. <laughs> just on like whatever that free yeah. free website was that we used back then to do everything. It was random, but like <laughs> all those... the random flyers and stuff that yeah. we made on Photoshop. Oh, and... <laughs> guys, do y'all remember the Sound Factory? Yes. yes Holy crap, dude. dude! I've only been there once when we played that one show there. It was when you got the guitar for the discount. Yeah. Like, dude, that place was like next level. Yeah. I, and from what I remember, it was, it was actually really freaking cool. And yeah. that was back when there was like quite a bit of like metal, like local bands in oh, Hobbs. Yeah. So like there was like, yeah, a bill of, like, like everybody was there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's like a bill of like four or five of like actual, like within the same genre, you know, like yeah. the post hardcore metal core scene. It's crazy to me. Like with those teen center shows, it's crazy how many people I was able to convince to come from so far away. Yeah. Like we had that one band come all the way from Las Cruces and I'm like, all right. Like back then I was just like, yeah, cool. But I think back on it now and I'm like, Dude, we didn't even pay them. Like, like they just came. Down they just to wanted play. to come do the though. show. We did pay them though. Like all the money that we got from the uh, door, oh, we yeah. gave it to them. Remember? Yeah, because it was. Um, so we had done those shows in oh, high yeah, school. Oh yeah, y'all were able to charge. He, yeah, he you? let us charge at the door, and people would still show up, which is crazy. But then, I think it was the last one we did, like in 2013, when we tried to do one. Yeah. That he he was like, yeah, you can't you can't charge money anymore. It's got to be, it's got to be free. Which is that place weird. was so janky about that dude. He was such a janky guy. Yeah, when really, kind of really honestly, he was cool though. But there were quite a few. Like I remember at one point there was a show that you booked. It was actually in the first. Okay, so on the topic of the day, actually, where pivotal moments like in your life affected by music oh, yeah. or whatever. So one of them was from one of the shows that you booked, oh, and dang. I. I was going through a rough time, like a really hard breakup at the time. And like, I was always, y'all know this. I was always like the acoustic guy. Like I always wrote my own stuff on acoustic. I wanted to be like the next never shout never, you know? So I was always the acoustic guy and I started hanging out with, you know, justice and Alec and Jagger. And they had that band uh, last one standing. And I was hanging out with Jagger and Jagger was like, yeah, dude, we're having band practice. Come on over to band practice. Um, You can, you know, you can just, hang around and I started hanging around with them while they were doing their band stuff. And, you know, I'd never even attempted to scream at this point, but like they, they let me kind of get involved a little bit while I was there because I was just kind of hanging out, giving them input. And then Jagger pitched the idea, Hey, let's, you know, have him come on. Maybe we can have some singing or whatever. So I was in their band as like a, like a kind of like half member almost like, (laughs) Because I, w- I wasn't in every single song, but the songs that I was in, they would pull me from side stage onto the stage to play. Oh, yeah. And uh, I remember Jagger trying to help me learn how to scream, and that's where I learned how to scream from. Nice. And I just remember we had the show there at the Teen Center, which was my very first show that I'd ever even tried to play like that. And I just I could not get over the way that I felt when we were up there. Cause it was a it was a god awful mess, but to me I felt like <laughs> a damn rock star, bro. Like honestly, because I was yeah. up there screaming, and you know I was like, I'd never screamed before, and I think I'd done a, an acoustic set even right before that. Yeah, because I think you did acoustic set and I did an acoustic set. We were the, the like two acoustic acts before the bands, and then I got on stage yeah. and started screaming after that. 
that's what I liked about those shows was like there was so much like yeah. linking up, like networking. It, it's crazy, man, because like the very first like show of that in that realm that I ever went to was the one that y'all were in. Y'all were in now Voyager. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was because I was hanging out with Ryan a lot and Ryan was the guitarist. And I, yeah, I remember yeah. like going to that and that was like one of the first times I'd ever experienced anything like that. And I just remember one of the biggest things I remember from that show was like just watching Ryan because he wanted us to tell him how he did. And I just remember he was so like nervous that yeah. he would just like strum on the guitar a little bit and fix his hair. And then strum on the guitar a little bit more and then fix his <laughs> hair again. But it was it was one of those yep. teen center shows, bro. But that's like crazy how like one of my one of my very first experiences that made me even want to be a part like in that, you know, community, like as a, in a band, like creating the music, like putting on the shows, you know, helping load the equipment, kind of helping set up yeah. the, the booking and stuff. Uh, it was just one of the craziest things. And I remember I only played two shows with them before they finally broke up because they were having issues before I even came in and we played in Lubbock and it was one of those things where I was just kind of off on the side stage or whatever, you know, and then I, and just then I just came up on stage all of a sudden and uh, it was just crazy, dude. Like I just, I just couldn't get over that feeling. Like it's, I always go back to that and I'm just like, I've never felt like more comfortable, even though that was like one of my first shows, you know? Right. But it was so, I don't know. I can't even describe it, but that is definitely like a big, you know, that was like a life changing thing for me, man, because it made me like want to do that opposed to the acoustic. Cause I all, but I, I all but abandoned the acoustic after that. And I just (laughs) went towards that realm and genre. Like it was crazy. That's awesome, man. I like it. Um, real, real quick before you like before we play the the next song um since we're on the the idea of now voyager <laughs> are the videos still up on youtube i couldn't find them i tried to find them a while back and i guess they're gone i don't know uh there's still like footage hmm. in like the the, the like the now voyager tv stuff is that what you're talking about you're yeah, talking about yeah, the, yeah. the now voyager tv yeah, all that stuff's still on YouTube. None of the like show footage, except what we put into like those now Voyager videos. <laughs> I am um, finally there's a unveiled to a lot <laughs> of my friends my underwear basketball video recently. Dude, now, it has so many views. It's so dude. crazy, and now nobody will leave me alone about it. <laughs> like, I'm so anyone, curious. What? What? You never saw this? No, I don't I'm think I ever sure did. I, this I don't think I ever did see this. We'll talk after. Dude, I think okay. it has over 100,000 views or something. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. My, like this weekend, uh, when some Jeremy or someone would act weird, he's like, don't get uncomfortable. You shot a video of yourself in your underwear playing basketball. <laughs> I'm like, awesome. dang, you got me. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's a video on now Voyager TV where we made Ryan drink his own pee. Oh, we didn't make him. He like, Peed in a cup. We, we, peer, like, drink, we drink, peer pressured him. Y'all peer pressured the poor yeah. boy. I remember him telling me about that. Dude, it's fu- I remember that. <laughs> I remember Trevor was like filming it. And like, that's the whole point of the video. We, we were like bleeping out the cuss words on it to make it funnier. And Ryan like takes the sip and you just hear camera or the Trevor behind the camera like, ah, oh, beep. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, that poor kid. Y'all freaking bullies, man. Like, I know. We, talk we, about we like. kind of peer pressured him into a lot of stuff. That was terrible, man. There's another video where he's like on the lawnmower and we're on top of like the fence and we're just like <laughs> throwing shit at him. <laughs> <laughs> he's just chucking stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's that's a whole that's a whole thing we'll we'll have to talk oh about a little more. Oh my gosh, that's, that's awesome! Because <laughs> I remember him kind of saying you know about stuff like that you know, yeah. but I just that just triggered that memory of him telling me about that. I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> and he thought he was so cool. He's like, yeah, bro, I, I drank my own piss. What's up? <laughs> Are you proud of that? <laughs> yeah, you know, just drank my own pee. What's up? Oh, man. Okay. I'm a, I'm a real man. On that note, let's hit the next block. Let's yeah. jam some we'll, jams. Uh, we'll tell some more great stories after some Alexis on fire here.
So we had um, Alexis on fire just now. This could be anywhere in the world. One of my favorite songs. And some old, old school There for Tomorrow. Invisible Reality off of um, their very, very, very first like the demo first album. Album right? um, came out in from like, 2004. 2004. Yep. Um, Holy crap. Yeah. So this is a, kind of a cool thing. Like if anybody listening has ever listened to or knows of There for Tomorrow, um, this is like a long forgotten album. This was like their very first album. They they did like a record deal, um, and they were all like 15 to 17 year olds when they made this and. Uh, this was when uh, they had a backing vocalist as well, mm. when it wasn't just Micah on the vocals. Um, so this album came out, and then shortly after this album came out, he the backing vocalist left. Mm. Um, they never explained why. They just said we're parting ways, you know. So yeah. So as every band ever. ever yeah, does. but what I find really interesting is their change of direction. Um, cause it goes from like very like early, like AFI esque sound, yeah. you know, to like their more recent stuff, which is a lot more like newer, like kind of poppy. Yeah. Um, so Micah was going to completely step away from the vocals to focus on the guitar. Mm. And I don't know if they just had trouble finding another vocalist or that they, liked or something but he wound up just pulling double duty okay and that's where you know they came from their 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 forward or whatever yeah so and look at him now he's like one a very amazing singer oh yeah i follow him on instagram and he's always posting videos of himself playing guitar oh he's phenomenal man but uh yeah that is uh that's a cool little fact about them. Uh, they they basically forgot this album after they you know started the new yeah. lineup. It was they they, like it didn't they exist. yeah exactly. Yeah. So a lot of people don't know about this. I didn't even know about this album. When I know. I, I, th- first... I think I think it was. I didn't even know about it until you told me. Yeah, like it's like, one of those like long forgotten albums that a lot of people probably don't know. But like this album is a banger. I love this album. Point of Origin. Oh yeah. Like, was it? Was it then that they like did like a poll? It wasn't even like a poll. It was more like uh, they like got people from their audience, I guess. I don't remember if it was them or if it was another band. Um, because it was around the same time, they got people from like their following to like go onto this website and you could like record your vocals and they like use their vocals from that to like put into their song. Was it them that did that? Um, I'm not sure. I, I, don't I haven't gone like too in depth, but no. I. I don't know. I I know what you're talking about. Um, I don't remember. I, I think Amorosa did that after Johnny Craig got kicked out. Yeah. They, they had like some demos with uh, Tilly and Pearson and they had some demos with someone else. But I think that was different. I don't think it was just like anyone could submit. I think it was just like they had recorded demos to see how it worked with some people. But yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I just, I don't know who did it. Yeah, um, they might have done that too because it was in the MySpace era. So it could have been probably when even your favorite, like most professional band, all they had was a MySpace bulletin to say, singer needed. Exactly. (laughs) You know, it's crazy. Earlier we were talking about, you know, you kind of launched us into talking about life changing experiences a little bit, uh, stuff that was 
revolved around music. Obviously, each of us has been, you know, tremendously impacted by music or we wouldn't even be doing this podcast. Oh, absolutely not. Um, so that's kind of the main focus today. Just wanted to kind of pick your guys' brains on some some experiences you've had, like you already shared one, Zach, and, um, you know, maybe share a couple of my own. Um, yeah, I mean, what, what you got, Trevor? I was thinking, like, well, while Zach was talking about the, like, the shows and stuff that we used to play, I think, I think the one thing that, like, sticks with me is, like, how many shows we did play and, like, how many, like, different people that we did meet in all of the places that we went. And I'm not trying to say that we, like, went all over the country or anything. We kind of stayed within the, like, whole general area of New Mexico. I think we went to Texas maybe, like, once or twice. But <clears throat> I think the one that I will always remember um, was the one that we... <laughs> We played, I don't remember which band we were, I don't, I think it might have been now Voyager, I don't remember, but um, we played with, it was Greg was the vocalist, um, Tino was our, our um, keyboardist, Elise was the guitarist, his brother um, was the bassist. Oh, in Roswell. Yeah, in Roswell. Yeah. That show, like... It just goes to like it goes to show how small the world is like because we met like all these people and all these bands that we like ended up playing with them later later on, and meeting all these people. I think that was the reason that like I'm, I'm bringing that up is because it was so much fun, dude. Like we had mm-hmm. such a good time. Like we got to go on a trip. We got to go on a trip together. We got to learn how each other how we like played <laughs> together. It was like our first show like as a full band. And, yeah. Like, we played some stupid songs. We played some of our <laughs> own songs. You know what I mean? Like, I think it was a really good time. I think stuff like that, like playing shows like that. And of course, just not, not just that, but the teen center, but yeah, that show in, in particular, like, I feel like we had a really good vibe going. I feel like we, oh, like yeah. we did a really good, like, that's, that's the one for anyone who's interested that you can find the YouTube vlog. And, um, also like all the songs are on YouTube. That's yeah. No, I, I agree. That's, uh, that was a lot of fun. I mean, there's a reason we had a camera rolling the whole time. Like <laughs> funny stuff just kept happening and you know, it's always a good time, but yeah, that's, I agree. That was, that was a good show. It was a lot of fun, even though we, our songs were kind of whack, but you know, <laughs> they're like everybody's songs at that point and their, you know, musical endeavors, you know, they're dipping their toe in. It's yeah. all kind of whack. So, and I would, um, I mean, we just break we yeah. literally covered peanut butter jelly. Time, yeah, so. that was, and awesome. it was such a last minute decision too. Like we forgot we were doing it. I'm like, what time is it, Greg? And he's just like packing up his stuff. He's like what? It's like, Greg, what time is it? Oh, <laughs> it's peanut butter jelly. Time. <laughs> he just starts screaming. Peanut butter jelly. Peanut butter jelly. Peanut butter jelly. Does a little. <laughs> that was, that's crazy, man. Like, you know, I would I would add to that. That's not really something I planned on talking about, but um, I agree. Like getting to play those out of town shows and stuff, that was such a good way for us. You know, we were all friends already, obviously, but it was a good way to to you know realize whether we were going to be friends or not. You know, like oh yeah, like we didn't know Luis and well, I knew Luis pretty well. I didn't know Carlos quite as well at the time, and we didn't know Greg as well. You know, I didn't know him until he started playing with us and, you know, being able to be crammed in a car for, you know, two to three hours and then all day driving around. Like it was, it kind of makes you realize like, yeah, these, 
these people are cool. Like, it's not just like we're working together, playing in a band. It's like, no, I like hanging out with you guys, you know? And that, I think that carried over like any of the experiences. I, I don't know that we had that as much with the bands in high school, just because, you know, like Deshaun and Jagger and everybody would kind of show up on their own. It was always like you, me and Ryan when he was with us, like it was always us that showed up together, like doing stuff together <laughs> because we were friends, you know, even before that. But yeah, it was just different. Like having to actually ride with everyone, which is yeah. why I, I will say those trips are always the more memorable ones. Oh yeah. Instead of the whole, you know, going on your own and getting there, playing yeah. the show and then going home on your own, you know, cause especially when you're getting older, you know, stuff, uh, my experiences personally, the, there's very few trips out of town for shows that I've actually experienced with the whole band as a group. Yeah. Um, and those were always some of the most fun that I can recall. Like they were always so awesome. Cause I remember the one we did in El Paso. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. When I was in high school, I was too young and y'all were all over 21. Um, and, uh, is that the show that I came and played bass on? Yeah, yep. it is. It's the one uh, at that one BYOB crazy weird yeah. tattoo parlor yeah. place. That's sketchy. I think it's shut down now. But were you? Because you didn't ride with us, right? You were. No, you were, you was, were already up he there. Was weren't you? In I, was, El Paso. I was already here with Kelly. Yeah, like he was in El Paso and he showed that up was to play bass. Very convenient. It really was, <laughs> but you know, it, it was just. I just remember that show, and I just. One of my biggest takeaways from that was I was not old enough because all of y'all were, <laughs> we went to B-dubs and y'all all had beers and we're having a good time. And yep. I'm just over here like, give me my sippy cup. Yay. I'll take, I'll take my water. <laughs> yeah. I'll have a Sprite. Please. Yeah. I'll have a Sprite please. You know, but that's funny. Yeah. But it's just cause even when I was in destiny awaits, like we didn't have, when we had shows <laughs> that we had to go play out of town, we never went as a whole we never went as a group we always went separately yeah. played the show and then went our separate ways it was kind of i don't know it was it wasn't very personal we yeah. we formed we had a bond but it wasn't like one of those like traveling together like i i get what y'all what y'all mean by that yeah like that's and i think that's why that roswell show is such a standout because it was one of the only times we actually did that like the the yeah. only only person who didn't ride with us was was tino because he was in Albuquerque, right? So he was yeah. coming from the exact opposite direction, coming down to meet us there. But yeah, that's that's why one of the things I didn't much like about when Grace the Ocean was playing all those shows in Lubbock and Roswell and stuff, because we never rode together. Yeah, yeah, all went separately. It was I remember it like at the very beginning when when uh, we were practicing at uh, Jay's house and he would always volunteer the Tahoe, and he would like sure. he would. He would take off work to go with us. Like, I'm sure you remember. And I love so Jay, man. That was cool. Yeah. Like, we got to ride in the Tahoe, most of us together anyway. Manuel would always take his own car because he had to take Michelle. Well, Michelle wanted to go. And so he would just take his own vehicle so they could hang out. But yeah, like, once we started showing up, playing shows, this is why I always had to take people with me. I was like, bro, you want to ride with me? Because, like, this is going to suck if I have to drive home alone. <laughs> and. It just, it, it was cool. Like, cause me and Luis, obviously we still hung out a lot outside of band practice and stuff, but like everyone else, it felt like I only saw them 
at practice or at the show. And that was it. And it was, we barely even saw them at the show. Cause it's like, we show up, we load up our gear, they sit around and anxiously wait till we play. And then once we're done, most of them just left. And that's, you know, that's not a knock on them. They're busy. You know, I just chose to be irresponsible and stay and get hammered when I <laughs> needed to go to work the next day. <laughs> but it's just, I don't know. It, it did. It felt very impersonal. Like it, when I was associating more with the people in other bands, hanging out with them more so than my own band, that's that was something I didn't like. It felt there's there's some there's kind of a disassociation. there's a disconnect there, yeah. And so that was, yeah. So like the shows, like the Roswell shows, and then you know we talked about last podcast we did the other one after like Luis and everybody kind of split from that band, and you know we took Josh with us and he ran every red light and stuff, but you know. <laughs> Like, all of those shows were a lot of fun. Right. Well, I mean, like, from the beginning, like, with Grace the Ocean Dude, like, when we first started, like, when I was still part of the band, it was it was fun to play shows. But, I mean, like, getting older, like, of course, like, I I got into a relationship with a girl that, like, now that I'm, I know that I'm spending the rest of my life with. Like, we've been together for more than almost 10 years now. But, yeah. like, back then I didn't know that. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted right. to play shows with you guys. I wanted to hang out. But then you guys kind of took off on your own because I was working in the oil field. I wanted to make money, all that good stuff. But all the stuff that I saw like happening behind the scenes, like like I said, shout out to Jay, dude. Like for him putting up with everybody's bull crap, including yeah. mine, including everybody else's. But then you had the lead vocalist that ended up like passing away. That was mm-hmm. like super young. Yeah. And he was he was a he was such like he was such a glue when it came to like you guys like hanging out you know what I mean like yeah. when you guys were actually like together I could see it dude like you guys would like bicker and argue <laughs> even when I was there just listening yeah and he would be like the glue that like kept it together and I feel like after that happened and you guys went on the hi- hiatus it kind of just like you went your own way for a little bit because you wanted to do your own thing and you just kind of felt like it wasn't for you. You know what I mean? Like that's just the way that that life goes. And like seeing that now, like being older, like I feel like, yeah, dude, like you had the right to do that. Like I definitely, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, why, why spend time doing something that you feel like you're not, you're not happy doing it. It's kind of crazy to think back on that too. Like the, the incremental pieces for Gracie ocean was me, you and Luis. Yeah, and it was you. You were wanting to do it with Luis, and I was just like, "Hey, bro, I can write songs." Like, yeah, like me talk. and Zach were hanging out like every day. Yeah, me and Brandon and were hanging out like nonstop. So, like I just brought up, like, yeah, me and Luis are going to start another band, and Zach's like, y- y- "You need a, a singer." <laughs> and I remember, like when we started, I thought for some reason I should sing. So I was like, "Oh, well, we got to cover, bro." That like, that was part of a <laughs> the tension ori- originally, yeah. and I mean, we've always we've already come to grips with that, and you know, we were young, we were naive, we were. Especially me, oh, yeah. the way that I quit, I, I still feel bad about because I shouldn't have qu- just quit because of that. Like there, there, we were going through some, we were trying to figure stuff out. Yeah, and I was, I was still in high yeah. school, man. Like I mean, come on. So I, I couldn't understand what y'all were trying to do. You know, y'all were working, y'all were doing all this mm-hmm. stuff, y'all were trying to have schedules, but you know, it was just one of those things where it's crazy for me to think back on that first recording that I did on SoundCloud of us and my grandpa's. Yeah garage and you know you were there because yep. you were you were part of the original lineup you that's, know what i, I mean, mean like, like you were saying it, it just kind of came piece by piece like trevor was the next piece yeah it's like and then and then javier yeah it's like all right we got a band now we got a band now and then it's you awesome. know it's the, 
you know, kind of up and down, you know, the writing processes yeah. were kind of, you know, weird, you know, we, we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. We were just, we're just, it's just crazy for me to think back on that, bro. Like yeah, we right? could we had something there. That was, so, that was like almost, that was, well, the band started 10 years ago. Yeah. Holy freaking Yeah, it was crap. my, it was my senior wow. year. It was 2012 Jeez, when we started, when we started <laughs> almost Maine, Grace yeah. the Ocean, the moment passed. Well, it, you know, you were talking about, uh, all the tension we had back then in Lee, but before he passed away, um, that was, you know, and a part of like the, you know, main part of my life that I want to talk about later in the show. Uh, that was kind of a catalyst for it, man. Like, you know, I remember Lee was always so happy to be just there. He was like, I just want to do my thing. And we were so hard on him. We're like, dude, you got to sing the songs. Right. And like, he just, he had rhythm issues, which, you know, everybody's got their, their thing they got to oh, work yeah. on. But we were so, so like, bro, you got to fix this. You got to fix this. And (laughs) I just, I remember the first time I ever watched y'all after our, our departure. Yeah. Um, I don't remember how it came about. I don't know if you asked me if I wanted to go or something like that, but it was at the, the JC, Mm -hmm. you know, Mr. Wong, let y'all, you know, have that little showcase shindig. He would do his like junior college showcase and then at the end he'd be like all right we're about to play some heavy metal so yep. if you want to leave now's a good time yeah and i showed up for that and i remember that was the very first time i had ever met lee yeah and he's like hey man you must be zach and i was like hey man you must be my replacement <laughs> <laughs> i just i That's remember awesome. that interaction in particular and he took it so yeah, well yeah i was like because, well you know like his personality like he would not have been offended at yeah, all yeah he wasn't like, offended yeah, i wasn't meaning it in like a jerky way yeah. you know i was just joking around because it was cool like i i got to see like <laughs> y'all playing the songs that you know i was a part of writing you yeah. know and y'all interpreting them in different ways and hearing them from different you know perspective it's is is surreal yeah and that was just one of the that was the moment I met him and it's just crazy oh, yeah. how I only knew him for such a short amount of time. It's, yeah. And I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I guess we all kind of did cause he was only in, in the band for like a year Yeah. before all that happened. But I mean, you were talking about, we would like argue all the time, bro. I remember he would be sitting there like so like disappointed because after shows we would just be arguing about like, well, this was messed up and this was bad. Oh my God. Bro. And it, you know, it was, all of us, all of us were just like whining and complaining because of things going wrong. And it's like, was it really worth it? Like we had fun. It, sure. It sucked, but all of that music sucks. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> like we just, you know, we did our thing and yeah, but yeah, I mean it, you know, he, how many different versions and, of strobe lights were there? <laughs> at least three at the very least there were three all still with that same, that was so dope at the time, though. Yeah, we thought that was the the coolest thing ever. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. back when back dude, like we were young and dumb and didn't really care. So I mean, of course you're having fun. Didn't you know, understand fun that we were stuff. making music that didn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Well, yeah, we'll we'll jump back into some more stories, but we'll uh we'll play some heavy metal here for you, some Spirit Box.
Chorus.
We had some spirit box for you, and then I decided to top that off with some actual emo, since this is the older emo podcast, some My Chemical Romance for you. <laughs> okay, so I... I only, only, only exception I'll make for some metalcore on this show. Spirit box. Some good old spirit box. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm not that much of a dick. <laughs> hey, man. So all music is emotional. All music can fall under the umbrella of emo whether it be metalcore whether it be hip-hop whether it be country now granted there are there there are some you know very very big exceptions but all music is emotional man please all of you listening please attack our comments with your your justifications for why that's not true please back me up spirit box is emo 100 percent okay anyway (laughs) So you were talking about, um, you know, Lee and the band and Grace the Ocean, which is the band that I've been in the longest out of my time playing in bands. Um, And it kind of brings up, you know, we're talking about like pivotal moments in our lives that music played a big part in. And so, you know, that kind of it's a good segue for me because like Lee passing and then you talked about me like kind of stepping away from the band for a bit. That is the start of like the longest like change like the long over the longest period of time change in my life that's occurred and um you know it started with uh you know it's gonna get real dark real fast and then it's gonna get really happy so it's okay but (laughs) um you know like lee passed and that kind of screwed with me a little bit you know i was like should we even do this anymore like you know, what does this band matter? I mean, this guy's not alive anymore. Like, what does it matter that we're playing these stupid songs that no one cares about, you know? So I really questioned that, but then, you know, I fought that with the, no, we got to go on for him, you know? We got to play in his honor, and everybody was down for it, so it's you know, not like that was bad. Um, but then after that, so like when I, I decided to stop uh, doing the band for a little bit, uh, I think it was in 2015, 15 I want to say somewhere around there um I just you know it didn't feel like we were getting much accomplished and I was starting that's when I started getting like way more involved playing like in the band at my church and all of that and so you know I was already kind of thinking like maybe maybe this isn't the you know the path for me maybe you know church is enough for me in terms of playing music and I thought there was a perfect situation. We had just had one of our big arguments and I was like, you know what? I'm done with this. Like, I don't want to argue anymore. Um, 
I feel more comfortable playing with the church band anyway. Uh, so I just stepped away and did that. And then we kind of started our little pop punk thing for fun, um, which was cool while it lasted. But it, you know, I just, you know, I kind of decided like this is, this is where, you know, I need to be is, you know, I got to play at the, like the youth camp we did and all this stuff while the guys were still, you know, trying to figure out what they were going to do. And, you know, I, <clears throat> I thought this was going to be, this was going to be it. This is a permanent dis- decision. And I mean, you know, if you've listened to any of the podcasts before, you know, I've been going to this church for a long time and stuff. And I thought, you know, I felt, it felt so right. Like this is, you know, this is where God wanted me. And I felt so connected to that. And then just out of nowhere, one day I was listening to the radio and a We Came As Romans song came on Octane. And this is when that was really weird. Yeah. Just to hear like those kinds of bands on the radio. And I was like, man, this is, I love this. Like this song is so good. This music is so good. And then it, that just got me thinking like, man, I really miss playing music like this. <laughs> and it was so like, I ended up just like asking, uh, asking the guys like, Hey, you know, what if we just, you know, just kept doing the thing? Like, what if I just came back and we, you know, sorted out the problems we had and, and I did, and <clears throat> they, you know, you were there. It was because it was kind of awkward. Like we were having to wait for them to like talk about everything. And then they like let me in the room so they could talk to me. It was weird, but. They even told me before we got there, you're like, dude, it's going to be a little awkward, but you can come. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and I mean, and I'm glad you were there because I was kind of like, as much as I know those guys too, I was like, this is making me nervous. Like I need, I need emotional support, Trevor. <laughs> and, but you know, we made, they made, we like made a promise like, okay, we're going to compromise more. We're going to. Not like in a bad way, but you know, like right. we're going to accept each other's ideas and work on them instead of just like shoot it down automatically and argue about it. Stuff like that. Um, you know, and I, I couldn't get over myself. I wanted to do this band thing. I wanted, I wanted to be that, that guy up there like Matty Mullins, like changing the world from the Warp Tour stage. And so I just kept doing it. And I remember like, you know, you, you guys, you know, from y- y'all have been in church. So, you know, like when like in a worship setting, like when it feels really powerful and really strong. Oh yeah. Like I remember one Sunday, this is when I started playing like every Sunday and I was like, I was in, I was like the drummer for the worship band now. And there's one Sunday after I had done my first practice with the guys and I just, I was numb. Like, I don't know what happened. I felt nothing. And then it started bleeding into like just everything. Like I just felt zero emotion for anything. And when I did feel emotions, it was negative things. Like I was very upset with myself. I was not happy. And you know, there was a big factor in the fact that I was like 24, 25 at the time. So I was like, am I wasting my life doing this? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but you know, I just, I, I didn't realize what was going on. Um, and even playing shows like didn't fulfill me, you know? Like I kept trying because I knew this is what I wanted to do, what I wanted to do. Um, and I remember talking to Manuel one night, uh, we were just hanging out and he, you know, he's, you know, been to the doctor and, you know, been prescribed like depression medication and stuff. Yeah. And when I told him what was going on, he's like, yeah, dude, that's, that's what depression feels like. And up to this point, I didn't, I didn't know. Like I was just kind of, you know, naively optimistic about everything. Yeah. And I just remember, um, 
it hit me so hard. Like, I can't, I can't deal with this. Like, I can't go through this. Like, this is stupid. And I think I was even talking to you about it one, one day. I, I can't remember if we had gone to Lubbock or something, but we were, I remember we were driving back from somewhere and I was like, I've been chasing this band thing for so long. Like how, how could, how could a, a God who put me here now be telling me to step away from it again, you know? And that's what caused all this internal conflict, I think, is because I, did, I didn't understand why this wasn't working, you right. know? And so I just felt like I was wasting my time. And then over the next few years, like, that's when I started drinking, like, a lot. Like, I'm, sh- I'm sure you know from going oh, to yeah. shows with me. Like, yeah, I remember. I was like, yeah, beer, beer, beer. <laughs> well, it was during the whole when we were both working together at Q-System. Yeah. Like, I, I remember. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I didn't know it was to that extent, man. But, like, yeah, like, was, I... I could yeah. definitely tell. It was very much to, uh, you know, feel something because I'm, I'm telling you for like three years straight, I didn't feel any emotion unless it was like my soul literally being dragged out of my body. And now that you're saying this, man, I kind of mm. wish, cause this brings it to like, it, it, it relates to me in such a big fashion because yeah. it's, it was a pivotal moment say, for me right yeah. before, you know, that when I started working at Q systems, you know, it, that was when the band broke up and yeah. I had been working hard. Like you knew, like yeah. for at that point, it had been like three, almost four years, you know, mm. been trying, you know, doing my best. Yeah. You're working doing, so hard at this thing. And then it's just, and then it was just gone. Yeah. And I, I get that. I felt the, the numbness man. And like the, the feeling of like, this was what I was supposed to do. Yeah. I've been thinking this for years, you know, this is like, why is it gone? Why did this happen? What am I supposed to do now? To this day, <laughs> I've picked up my guitar maybe a handful of times, not mm. even a handful of times and played, man. And to me, that's crazy. And I'm sure to you too, because yeah. you remember how, how it was back in the day, man. I was, I had my guitar with me like 24 seven. Yeah. But like to this day, I still, you know, I've been kind of trying to, fill that void but i really wish that we would have connected a little bit more at that point yeah, because i, I didn't like, i didn't realize you you had had anything really i mean i knew you were kind of upset about the band but yeah man i was like, honestly i was too focused on my own crap exactly anyway to know, but you no know, but like honestly <laughs> now that but, you're saying this man that was like the same time that i was yeah, going through my stuff we could we probably could have consoled each other a yeah, little right? bit more but that's what i was gonna say dude is like the biggest part like and i'm always gonna be like and i've always said this like i'm always gonna be super clear and like when it comes to like mental health and like people taking care of themselves, because I believe in that hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my, my dad being the person that he is, he's always like, I rebuke the whole, like, which I, I get it, dude. Like you want yeah. your child to be okay. You want your child to be like in the hands of God. You pray for your kid every day. Like I get that. I understand. He wants me to be safe. But at the end of the day, dude, like I got to the point to where like, I was so like, just like you're saying, like when it came to the music, I haven't, like you're saying, Zach, like I haven't touched my guitar in forever, dude. The last time I touched my guitar, dude, was when I was down there hanging out with, with Brandon and we like jammed for a little bit. That's wow, the last yeah. time I've touched my guitar since then. It's crazy. So like before then, I was getting to the point where, dude, like where like I was constantly just thinking about like, I mean, I wasn't thinking about death. Like I didn't want to kill myself. Right. I was just getting to the point where like I was so empty and so hollow that like all I was thinking about was just like coming home and going to work and yeah. coming home yeah. and going yeah. to work. And was just, that was it. And so, like, I was like, dude, I have to figure something out. So I did. I ended up, like, going to a psychiatrist. And, like, I talked to him. And, like, psychiatrists, the way that they are, they don't care about, like, 
most of the time they don't care about who you are. Like they don't care about like what's going on with you. But the, for some reason, this guy does. Like yeah. for some reason, and I'm really glad that I met More the guy invested. that I met. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. And like he actually like he he helped me out with my whole like situation where I have ADHD. I do hardcore as an mm-hmm. adult. It sucks. I had I had depression, I had anxiety, and he's like, you're a very high-ridden person that has anxiety and then depression and ADHD. He's like, that's just how it goes. He's like, that's how life is for some people. And for anybody that is listening that has those those things, like, definitely get help, dude. Like, oh, it does yeah. help. Like, there is help out there, definitely. But at the end of the day, man, like, I feel like, like you're saying, Zach, like, even though that we're older and we're getting to the point, like, you have a kid, we have jobs, like, we're taking care of the stuff that we do, but, like, I feel like us not actually like putting forth the time and effort to like do the stuff that we still like love to do, exactly. like which is music. Like even if it doesn't go anywhere, bro. Like I think that we should still do that stuff because I mean, yeah, at the end well, of the day, like even if it's just a hobby, like it's yeah, it's something we we talked about we this a little bit something this weekend. Um, at the men's retreat from my church, it was um this guy talking about just you know how to build a daily routine that doesn't kill your soul, you know? Right. Like, mm. you know, making time. And he, he did a whole like thing on taking a Sabbath, you know, taking a day off to just chill and not worry about work, not worry about anything that stresses you out. And that's what music is for, you know, I, I would say all three of us probably. Oh, yeah, it's it's something that fills us up. that makes us feel alive. That- I can, I can say that again too. Like ever since that, you know, the, the band breaking up and me mm. being in that like low, low point in my life, um, Music has been kind of weird. Like, it's just like I'm constantly searching for something that'll actually make me feel. And I feel like that's why we all still listen to this kind of music because, like, it makes us feel the way that we felt when we first heard that stuff. When we, like, it reminds me of why it's such an incremental part in our lives today. And, And, this just might be me going off on a crazy like spew or whatever, but I, I feel like that's why emo music is what it is yeah. and why we still listen to it to this day. It's not just a phase, you know, yeah, it, it actually helps you with your mental health because it mm-hmm. takes you back to a place where you can remember and you can go back and you can feel something even though you're, yeah. you know, feeling empty, hollow, depressed, you oh, know, yeah. anxious, all that. Like it's, it's one of those things like, and I'm still constantly listening to new music all the time. Mm-hmm. Like music's still there. And I still get that, you know, y- y'all know what I'm talking about. That chill you get when you hear like a certain line, yeah. or a certain yeah. riff, you know, that, that chill that goes up your spine and you're like, Oh yes. Like this, like, is, this, it. Yeah. this is it right here. You know, That's music, music is that man. Yeah. Music. This is why we do this. This is why we listen to what we listen to. This is why we, go back and listen to the old stuff, but like it's, it's a healing factor. It really is. It helps, it helps helps your mental state. Yeah. I think I was talking about Brandon. I think I was talking to Brandon about this the other day, like maybe a few weeks ago, like before I came down there, Hmm. the whole, like you like are always looking for something new because you're trying to fill that void of something to listen to because it all starts to sound the same after a while. You know what I mean? You're always trying to find something to like make you feel that way. The way that you felt when you first heard, a song from like Taking Back Sunday or, yeah. or from Made You know what I mean? Like you're always looking for something. But in my mind, like I was thinking, like once you go back to those songs, like you get that feeling again because you haven't heard them in so long. You're like, you know what, dude? Like maybe I should give this more of a listen. And like you're saying, dude, like that's why emo music, it's, it's not a mm-hmm. face. You know what I mean, at the end of the day, it's really not because you're, you're going back to that. You have that. It's still there, dude. Like that music is still there. You can just, you just have to give it a chance again. You know what exactly. I mean? You just have to go back and re-listen to it. Oh, yeah. 
And I think, you know, because music does remind you of a place in time, like when you heard it, that's why a lot of the music we play on the show is, you know, easy for me to listen to still, because it's like what we would listen to when we were riding skateboards and, you know, we weren't, life was so simple, just simple and good back then, you know? And, but also during this, uh, point in time when I was like super depressed and stuff, I, there are bands that I loved then that I can't listen to can't now listen because to now. that's what it reminds I, me of. And I never understood what you said, when, what you meant when you said that before, mm. you know, I was just kind of, ah, whatever, yeah. you know, Brandon's just be, I get it. Yeah, I do. Like I, I can't, I, totally I can't listen to Beartooth. I can't listen to the Amity Affliction. I, I totally Any of those bands that. that are like just basically glorifying, you know, wanting to kill yourself yeah. and being depressed all the time. Like, because I was there and that was like, I, I embodied that music. Like, like Caleb Shomo and his lyrics became like me. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like everything sucks. Why, why even try? No, I totally, and, I totally get that now, <laughs> but, man. But you know, and that's, that's not to say that, you know, some people might hear like a My Chemical Romance song and be like, well, that's glorifying death and depression. I'm like, yeah, but for me, it's just an expression. Like it doesn't remind me of, you know wishing i was dead or your anything. mental state at the time it that you listen me, to stuff it just reminds me of being a kid you exactly know? It, it 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 follows through with you like yeah. the stuff that you listen to you can take it literally you can take it figuratively that's why music is so beautiful man like especially this type of music oh yeah uh it's just you can go back to a point in your life where you were feeling that but it, it it's the mental state you're in when you hear this stuff because there's certain albums that i cannot go back to and listen to because of something that I was going through at that time that I just don't want to be taken back to that place. Right. I just yep. associate that with what was going on at that time. And it's just, it like, I I'll listen to it, but at the same time, I'm like, dude, I don't want it. Let's, let's yeah. not, you know, it, it, it's, it's terrible. Like I hate it. And it, it sucks that some albums are ruined and some music yep. is ruined for you in that aspect. But at the same time, there's still so much out there that, you know, you can still listen to even the same band, oh, yeah. but you were in a different headspace. Like, yeah. Something that came out earlier. Exactly. Or you know, yeah. you were in a different headspace. It takes you back. It's, it's an emotional trip. It's emotional music. Oh yeah. And I, you know, I will, you know, to, to kind of add the part two to this, you know, story for me, I, you know, cause I don't, I don't want to leave it on just like, yeah, I hated myself, <laughs> you know, like, um, you know, that, that stretched for quite a while. And I remember too, and like n not putting any blame on you, but I remember when, uh, when Trevor moved, like, you know, we hung out all the time. This, and this, then he was gone. This guy's been one of my best friends since we were like 14 or 15. And so I was like, I don't we made have, a whole day of that. Dude. Yeah. I was like, I don't have hmm. anyone, anyone to hang out with anymore. Yeah. Like, Zach, I'll call Zach, but he's always busy with his other friends, you know. <laughs> you well, know? honestly, and, dude, we were working I, together I at the that time too because so I was like, well, I already saw him enough today. <laughs> everybody, you know, everybody that I knew and that I hung out with, aside, aside from you, honestly, dude, they've all moved away. They're all gone. Like everybody's in yeah. a different spot. I can't actively go and hang out with them like I used to be able yeah. to. And that that and that and that, and that takes a toll on it. You. Does it really, it really does. does? Like because you know, like what what do you do? Like. This is all I knew was, you know, I, you know, we hung out, but you know that. And then, I mean, I'm sure you could, you could see it and even you could probably see it, but you know, I was like super unhealthy. I, I think the last time I weighed myself in 2018 or 2017, I was up to 185 pounds at the doctor, which like, I'm not a huge, I'm like, I'm a 
scrawny little, my arms are tiny and everything. So that's crazy. Like that was all like beer (laughs) just in me. (laughs) And, uh, but you know, I got kind of out of all that. Um, you know, I was already kind of starting to think like, maybe it's because I did the wrong thing. Maybe it's this band that I know I'm not supposed to be doing. That's, you know, sucking the life out of me. Maybe, you know, I don't know. And there was, there's a lot of stuff underneath that too. It's not just the band, but yeah, I, you know, I was already kind of starting to come around to this fact of like, you know, I need to get away from this. And I, you know, I was searching for answers everywhere. I went through like deconstructing everything I believed in and thinking, well, you know, maybe, you know, maybe God's not, what I thought he was, maybe the Bible's not true, stuff like that, all these crazy ideas, and none of it, you know, none of it helped, because it just, you know, isn't, isn't fact, but, um, you know, I was kind of coming back to, that, like, no, like, there's, there's something to all this church stuff, like, I need to, you know, kind of lean into what they're, they're, all these people are trying to speak into me now, um, and, you know, I had met this girl who, was very, very all about, like, faith and, um, you know, kind of hanging out with her and, you know, we, we dated for a while, but hanging out with her, like, kind of inspired me too because she had gone through some real crap, like, that I was like, well, if you can come back from that, then I can come back from this, yeah. you know? And uh, on top of all that, we had played our final show at the, uh, um, the Hilton here in Hobbs, and that show was a mess from Jump Street, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> freaking, everybody showed up with their own 30 packs, and they were already drunk, and half the bands didn't Good even boy. play. And, like, there was a guy who was wearing a bear mask who was drunk and vomiting in his bear mask. And I remember setting up my drum set, and he was, like, yelling the F word at me, like, hey, F word, what are you, what are you doing? Like, all this stuff. And I'm like, howdy. <laughs> you know, like, what do you do? And then, like, after our set, which that was the best set we ever played, I might add. Um, but after our set, I went to pack up my stuff. And I go back inside, and there's, like, people fighting over here and people fighting over here. And these two girls, like, screaming at each other and ripping each other's hair out. And the band that was supposed to set up after us, their drummer is just, like, tackling some dude to the ground. Mind you, it was a, you know, we, we know what band it is. Yeah. Um, these are guys who are almost in their 40s who were, you know, still going through this stuff. And I remember walking into that room and seeing that chaos and I was like I'm out yeah like I was 26 at the time I was like I am too old for this crap like there's nothing good can come of this yeah and there was never like an official band breakup or anything but we just kind of stopped parted ways doing stuff and then one day I was just hanging out with with Luis and I was like this is probably done yeah he's like yeah it's whatever and that's just Luis so we thing. all kind of mutually were like whatever oh. that's cool yeah. yeah that's a that's a very Luis response yeah, yeah but whatever. you know like for me you know th- just just my personal experience for me um realizing that life has a certain rhythm to it and you have to follow it yeah like really helped me and you know obviously my my faith and you know knowing what I, I believe God's plan for my life has really changed my perspective and you know, I you know I still get sad sometimes. I still deal with some of that stuff, but we all do once in a while. But it's, hey, it's human, good man. too. Yeah. You know, like everybody's it, human. We it's it's okay to feel those yeah. things, man. It really is. But like for me, just kind of sub- submitting to that and being like, whatever, like whatever I wanted to do, you know, I let it go. You know, whatever the future holds, I'm just going to embrace it. Whatever wherever God takes me is what I'm going to chase after, and 
life is so much easier that way because I don't have to fight for the things that happen. I just listen and go, you know, there you, go. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's kind of hard to get sad when, you know, things are just going the way they're supposed to, mm-hmm. I guess. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. That was well, my say, big pivotal say, uh, thing though. I say from that, we uplift these folks with a little bit of uh, music and then we'll yeah. go on I'll to play a, a separate topic and kind of bring the oh, yeah. mood back up. We'll let you. We'll that was deep. I liked that. Some, yeah, though. that was good. I felt like that was much needed. Oh yeah. So I'm, I'm going to play us an oddball. I'm going to play a song. That's the most emo a worship leader has ever gotten in their entire lives. For Let's you go. Here. here I am confessing again. I know I've laid down. I've said it a thousand times, never again starts now. I've slept through so many days, I've wasted so much time. Can't solve it with a song, can't fix it with a rhyme. So I'll try to be honest with myself again. I can feel just so uncomfortable in my skin. No, you told me that you love me, but I don't remember when. Oh, oh, oh. Feel like I was so much wiser when I was seventeen. Saw the world in just. Two shades didn't stand in the in-between If the man I was back then saw who I am right now Wonder if he'd be disappointed in how he would turn out So I'll try to be honest with myself again I can feel just so uncomfortable in my skin. No, you told me that you love me, but I don't remember when. Oh, 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 say child stop listening to yourself so much I've made you more than worthy of my love you are fearfully and wonderfully made and that's enough
modern day um, emo interpretation of worship music, and I really like it. I really, yeah. I like the fresh take on it. I like the uh, the fact that it's not just taking Bible verses and turning it into songs. Yeah. Because, you know, as good as that is in worship music, you know, there's a lot well, of... It's rare to see something as honest as that. Yeah. Like, like a, a guy who, you know, some of his songs are that, like just a corporate worship song. And then he's got a song talking about how he just feels like a failure and he's not where he needs to be in life and, you know, stuff where, like that. It's very you know, rare to actually see. You know? Yeah, definitely. I, I like that. I, I really do. I feel like that's something that's missing in a lot of the you know, worship music of today. And, you know, yeah. there's there's nothing wrong with having your, your standard hymnals, your, you know, your standard contemporary, you know, songs that everybody knows that's been sung for years, you know. But, like, I, I feel like that's missing in a lot of today's, like, communities and churches yeah. and just the genuinity that is that, you oh, know. Yeah. Something a little more personal, something that more people can possibly probably relate to yeah. a little bit. You when know? it's, like, something, you know, Trevor said earlier, like, Anyone who needs help, like seek help, please. Exactly. By all means. And, you know, there are a lot of churches out there who, you know, like you were saying, it's just like, oh, pray, pray the demon off of you. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, my full on belief is that, you know, depression and stuff is, is a spiritual attack, but there's a reason we have medicine. You know, there's a reason that we have doctors. Um, yep. And, you know, like, I feel like a lot of churches are kind of opening up to that and, you know, have like mental health awareness, like classes and stuff. And that's, so that's really good. And, you know, it's showing through a lot of music now too. Definitely. And, uh, and you can tell that this guy probably listened to like bright eyes or dashboard when he oh was yeah, younger. Definitely. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah. That's some good old awesome. stuff yeah. right there, bro. Heck yeah. But no. And then, uh, on the, on the other side of things, carousel Kings, which I think is the most innovative and the greatest pop punk, band of this era at, that we have right now they are they're still good they're uh very good they're very uh very intuitive very experimental but it's all like really good stuff like i feel like they take the best of every era of pop punk that's come out since pop punk has been a thing and just combine it all into one and they do it so brilliantly like they're so musically talented like they're one of my favorite pop punk bands ever and like nice. anybody who has never heard of them, definitely check them out. They've got quite, a, they've got a few, few records. They've got about five, I think they're coming out with new material right now, which uh, I'm excited about here in a couple of weeks. They're releasing another single and I'm super stoked oh, for yeah? it. Yeah. Um, nice. I feel like they're very independent though. They have flown under the radar cause they've been around for a long time and it took me until that album plus ultra came out in 2019 for me to actually find them. And I'm like, where have these guys been all my life? Right. Like, Oh my gosh. Great music. Great stuff. Oh yeah. Um, I got a, a rapid fire question for you guys just oh. because we were on that, you know, uh, we went a little bit down. Like you said, we we hit a dark place and now we're going to yeah. try and lift it back up a little bit uh, for this mood. We were talking about, you know, how we kind of associate this older, emo music to like, you know, places we were in this time. So in y'all's journey through trying to find different stuff to listen to, what's a guilty pleasure that y'all have found that actually really like, you know, hits you a little bit and like makes y'all like, wow, like this is actually really good. I may not listen to this all the time and I may not listen, you know, jam it out like I would 
this other stuff, but I really yeah. like this. I'm going to, and I'm going to go, I'm going to go here every so often and like, you know, maybe for a couple of hours and listen to this, you know, this is, mm. this is actually pretty cool. What, what, what's some of like genre band, anything that y'all have found? I'm trying to think. Cause it's on a daily basis. Like I'm always trying to like find different music. Cause the way that, uh, me and Kelly are, especially Kelly, man, she's always coming up. She'll find these like random bands, and it's because she always listens to like random playlists on Spotify, and she'll oh, like, yeah. come up with like this band that I've like never heard of, and it's like some weird like. So right before Glass, I don't know if you guys have heard of Glass Animals before. Oh yeah, but like right before they became like like on the charts, and people actually started listening to them, she started listening to them. She's like, "Have you heard these guys before? I've never heard them before. Like, have you heard this song?" And like, we literally just like started like one night. We were just sitting there in the kitchen, like washing dishes, and she's like, "You gotta listen to this." And she like handed me one of her AirPods, and I was like, "Dude, they're they're so good." Nice. It's stuff like that. Like, I'm trying to think. Like, there's there is a definitely there's definitely a song that like, you know, in all honesty, like here lately, the one th- the one artist I'll say the artist because I've been listening to her music quite often lately, and like. Not only has her music like spoke to me like personally, but it's also like hit a few like soft spots in like my my whole like mental state. Like I told you, like I'm I'm completely open with the whole thing, dude. Like I'm yeah. There has been points where I've been depressed and everything like that, but like she is the kind of like artist that I've been looking for when it comes to her lyrics. Like she's not the kind of person that just like stays on one whole pattern. Like she doesn't have like a yeah, she has a, a verse, uh, a chorus, and a pre-verse and all that stuff. But right. like, it's always like most of her songs are like continuously changing until like the end of the song. Um, so I like I really respect her as an artist, and like her music is really good. Um, but I've been listening to um, Phoebe Bridgers a lot here yeah. lately. Yeah, dude, I love her music, man. Her music is really, really good. She's been speaking to me a lot here lately. I've been listening to her music a lot. She's she's a very like very on top of very on top of her her stuff kind of artist right now like she's she just came out with a new album i think or a new single or something like that i'm not completely sure cool didn't she do a song on that metallica album like where all these bands cover metallica yeah i feel like she did do it yeah it was her and there were were a bunch of bands that did songs on there that i was like what this is weird (laughs) brandon Hmm, so guilty pleasure almost, huh? Uh, um, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a sense, you know, kind of like something, you know, like that, maybe something you stumbled across by accident, maybe yeah. not we're like looking or venturing out towards, but something that you were like, oh, wow, I like this. And then you kind of listen to it and then, and then you kind of like lose interest and go back to what you were listening to. But then sometime you're like, damn, I actually want to listen to that, you know, you know, go back to that. So I always find myself going to like any of the stuff that's considered a part of this world of music that was like popular on the radio in like the late nineties or the early two thousands, like Avril Lavigne. Okay. Like I remember when I was a kid, I was like, I can't listen to her. That's girly music. Yeah. And now I'm like, <laughs> Dude, no, Avril's awesome, man. Let's freaking, go. She's the best. And now it's like, you know, she's accepted that she's like a part of the emo crowd or whatever, you know? And you know, other bands like that, like, uh, you know, that, uh, the band nine days. Yeah. You know, the, this is the story of a girl. Oh, okay. I played it on one of the episodes. Oh, yeah. And, you know, songs like that, Hoobastank, uh, okay. even Nickelback, like everyone trashes on them, but that How You Remind Me song. I'll go back to that because Nip- oh Nickelback goodness. is a staple for me, honestly. So those, those are like my guilty pleasures. Anything that I just didn't like as a kid because it was, you know, frowned upon, I guess. Yeah. That I 
realize now is actually really good. Like that's in the fray. That's that's one okay. that everybody seems to hate for whatever reason. I'm okay. like, bro, how to save a life is a beautiful. So song. Brandon's guilty pleasures are all the bands that everybody on the internet collectively Avril hates Levine. and trashes on, yep. like mm-hmm. Avril Lavigne, Nickelback, The Fray. You yep. should have put "Complicated" as one of your songs, man. <laughs> I will one day. That's for sure. Uh, for me, um, dude, it's it's a mix. Like I I discovered my love for jazz music. And I really yeah. love like listening to like just straight up like instrumental jazz. Like uh, I can't even name artist names, but just like I'll throw like on a playlist that's been made up, and it's just got like a whole bunch of stuff from like Frank Sinatra to freaking My- Michael Bublé. Like I I really like Michael Bublé. If you nice. <laughs> that's a guilty pleasure yeah. of mine, man. He's Michael, good. He's he's, good. he's great, dude. I um, love that song. Hollywood is dead. That's a good song. <laughs> but yeah, dude. Uh, experimental jazz you know that kind of thing because I, I love jazz music dude it just takes you to a place like it's... why did you stop the jazz music <laughs> <laughs> um another thing i've kind of gotten into recently is lo-fi music like just some chill like essentially like chill step like dubstep yeah, it's just dude. lo-fi music is really really like it it just cleanses your mind to me like i love just going through and like listening to like just some lo-fi stuff dude like just and there's like this album uh compilation that's come out of like the solid i think it's solid state records artists of like amity affliction oh, and, okay uh, yeah and they do like the lo-fi yeah. versions of their songs we'll lo-fi the, versions yeah. yeah those are like super cool yeah there's I, there's one i was listening to actually on the drive from colorado called lo-fi meets punk uh-huh. and it's like lo-fi covers mm. like it's got uh into deep uh forget which simple plan song maybe i'm just a kid I've, it's got the anthem it's got the middle it's got helena it's got like all the like it's, popular emo songs they even did like a hawthorne heights song too yeah, yeah dude yep. like it's it's crazy like they've got like the story so far songs on there like four yeah. years strong like it's it's crazy like the way that lo-fi is like it's just something that's just so simple but it like it it's very meditative. I really like, I really like lo-fi. Like I listen to it for like a good chunk, like a couple hours and then I'm done with it. But yeah. like, it's one of those things that I can constantly go back to when I'm like in a state and I'm just like, all right, this is nice. I like this. This is, this is taking me to a good spot. Heck yeah. Um, I would add uh, to mine, bro country is like a super guilty pleasure of mine. Bro country? Like a Thomas Rhett, Chase Rice, all those like kind of poppy country Walmart songs. Okay. I love that stuff. I don't even care. Like it's good. Yeah. Um, trying to think, because uh, jazz for sure, lo-fi, that's another trip I've taken it to. I really like like traditional Japanese music too hmm. with like the, the Kodo, which is a really cool instrument. If you ever, if you ever or diving into like musical instruments dude the kodo is a really cool one to look up because it's a 13 string instrument and it's kind of almost like a it's not nylon but every every string is the same gauge and the way that you tune this instrument is there's these little bridges that you put up under the strings and you just move them up and down the fretboard and that's how you get the sound and you can like tune it however you want huh. and so the like, tuning falls on like yeah, where you place the where bridge? you place the bridge thing That's at. Interesting. it's it's crazy it's so cool it's like and it's like a flat almost like a steel guitar instrument but what yeah. gets me is That's like it. every like exactly. yeah every string is the same gauge like it's the same gauge and it just like all you do is like move the thing up and down and like it gives you a different tone or different sound like nice. you can get like that 
it, it, you recognize the coda when you hear it, dude. Yeah. Like, it's like one of those, like, if you've ever listened to anything that's had Japanese music in it. And another interesting fact about the koto is it was a Chinese instrument brought into and made popular in Japan. Huh. Yeah. I feel so, like, uncivilized when I hear people talk about stuff like that. Like, listening to jazz or, like, music with, like, these obscure instruments. I'm like, I'm not that cool. I just like three chords in the truth. I mean, hey, there you go. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that, bro. It's just some people are more cultured than other people, I just, bro. It's, it's hard okay. for me. It's, it's okay. hard for me to get into stuff like that. Like even instrumental music. Like it's just it's I hard. Absolutely, it's that's another one. Instrumental music, like any kind of instrumental music, dude. Like I absolutely love. Like I love Pliny. Pliny is one of the best instrumental musicians of this day and age. Like jeez bro like i i go back and i listen to plenty i've actually been playing plenty for my daughter like nice. and it like she's like a chill yeah like dude like it's like th- his his records are amazing dude any any piece that he's put together is like phenomenal i i love him um chon of course you know nice. polyphia yeah, that's one thing that like definitely since i like like i said since i started seeing that psychiatrist like well, even before then, like I started getting into meditation and like getting into like being able to um, like get into just to the state of calm. It wasn't even just to like to do any sort of like worshiping or anything. It was literally just to get my mind in the state of calm. Like yeah. instead of thinking about work and thinking about stress and life and all this other crap, it's just a place to like calm myself. Getting into that point, like it makes you appreciate instrumental music because it, it gives you something to like just kind focus of on. on. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Absolutely. See, when I when I need that, I just put on like those YouTube videos of like rainfall and stuff. Which that's so cool too. No music. It helps me sleep sometimes. It's a sen- it's essentially like a white noise almost, yeah, but it's yeah. so like soothing yeah. and calming, dude. I love it. Oh yeah. Like I'll, uh, like there's been times where I've been like on my day off and I'm just chilling in the room and like you know how like Hulu and Netflix has like are you still watching and then like it'll stop whatever you're playing and yeah. like I'm on my phone or whatever. And, like, I'll have my fan on in the background, and just the noise from the fan I find myself falling asleep to. It's, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Well, yeah, this is a good spot to play some not instrumental music. We'll, uh, we'll get into it. Like a wild storm to a mild time 
Let's Get It. That's the name of the band that played at first with the song Duck Duck Grey Goose. After that was Caraphernalia by Pierce the Veil and Already Dead by Silverstein. I am going to stand by this for as long as I live. Silverstein is the greatest band ever. Greatest. You know that they have consistently put out music since their induction. No breaks. Since One 2003, change. they have consistently put out music at least every two years. Like, look up their discography if the you're curious. The longest break was 2017 to 2020. Like, honestly, dude, they have consistently, they have been the most consistent band. They have been constantly putting out music. They're always touring. They're and always doing stuff. What and I like about them is... They're progressively getting better. Yeah. As well, they're going, and it's insane. Because usually bands have, like, this little dip that... You know, they hit where they don't get, you know, as much traction. But Silverstein has always been up this, like, steady incline. Yeah. They have not put out anything bad. It's been insane. They're one of those bands that's just always going to be there. They're always going to be there. They're always going to be great. They're classics. They're veterans. Never once have they tried to, like, hop on a trend. No, ever. Like, their albums coming out at whatever time they come out are always... Except, you know, like the first couple of albums obviously fit right. like that like emo screamo scene. But like ever since that like whole scene that they came from kind of faded out, they've never once tried to fit whatever else was popular. Exactly. They've always been doing their own thing. And that uh, I feel like that's mm. another reason why they are up there. Like I will stand by this till the yeah. day I die. I can agree with that. Greatest band ever of all time. Like forget the Beatles, forget Elvis, like forget any of them like honestly they're still great they're awesome that's and they're controversial own. words that's the work. controversial words but this is my words my i i stand by this 100 percent. silverstein is the greatest band the greatest group the the greatest musicians of all time they will be there i can't say they're better than the beatles but they're up there oh they're 100 percent better than the beatles a lot of just, uh, okay i'm gonna stay something will, else controversial not, here i will not blaspheme the the beatles are very overrated and uh, I don't like them that much. Blasphemy. Like they've got a couple of good songs, but other than that, I ugh, no screw the Beatles. Blasphemy, Hard Days Night. I don't care, bro. Who cares? Sweet Beatles are Jesus, very overrated, very sad. terrible. I do not care for the Beatles at all. Oof. Like I will listen to them, sure. Why not? Whatever. They people praise them as like the greatest ever. No, screw because that, dude. Are. Forget you, them. You can send your hate mail to what's your address? Um, <laughs> what's what's the place we're at right now? <laughs> oh. That's something that's funny, dude, about the Beatles is everybody wants to like be like, oh yeah, dude, I love the Beatles, but you know, like two songs, like Let It Be and like Yeah, Hey Jude, like two other songs. I mean, like yeah, Hey Jude, you don't know the Beatles. Let It Be. That's about the only two songs everybody ever knows. I'm not even a Beatles. Like I, I won't even claim that I'm like a huge Beatles fan, but I agree that they're like the best band ever. No, I never am upset when a Beatles song comes on. Just saying. Anyway, so we were talking about like we talked about pivotal life moments with. Like, we talked a lot about, like, us being in bands and stuff. But what are some, like, moments that you remember, whether it was seeing a band or, you know, going to a concert or something or just listening to a band? Like, what are some moments for you guys that, like, really are definitive in your life? Like, the first time you heard this band or the first time you saw this band or, the, you know, what you were doing when you heard this song, that kind of thing. Um, 2009. It's freshman year. It was the year I met you guys. Um, oh, or at shucks. least you, I don't know if I met Trevor until a little later on, but it, anyways, um, I was really into 
like Skillet, the Cypher Down, Pillar, um, bands like that, really like hard rock Christian stuff. Yeah. Um, first time I ever heard Chiodos, dude. Oh. Undertaker's Thirst for the Revenge is Unquenchable. That was the song. I was like, what is this? And the next song would be from Bless the Fall, which was off of Witness. I didn't listen to his last walk until after nice. I listened to Witness, but it was uh, To Hell and Back. I was like, dude, this is amazing. And then shortly after that, um, My Heroine by Silverstein. So those are the three bands in the, three, in the period of time where I was transitioning, where I was just like, holy crap. This realm of music is insane because yeah. honestly, like as similar as those bands are, they have three very unique individual sonic sounds. And I just, I was like this, I was so taken aback. Like this is like incredible. I've never heard anything like this. This is crazy. What is this? Like this whole new realm of music is opening up to me and they're not Christian bands. And I'm just like, what? Yeah. Like, well, bless the fall at the time, you know, is arguably. arguably Christian band. Come on now, I bought yeah, the CD at Mardell. I'm right here, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and we're back to that. Yeah, we're back to that. Oh. Um, another, before that, though, um, I, the first time I ever heard Nickelback. Oh, gross. I'm yeah. just kidding. I like Nickelback. I was like hardcore in love with Nickelback, dude. Never I thought made Nickelback. It as a wise yeah, dude. Nickelback was the greatest thing I had ever heard. And then shortly after that, it was Linkin Park. So I was like hardcore on the Linkin Park train and the Nickelback train. Like yeah. big time, those two bands for sure. Like uh, before those bands, I kind of just listened to whatever. I didn't really have a preference. I didn't have like anything that I would like really, really listen to like i because my cousin at the time he uh he uh got with my stepmom and they uh they put a bunch of his music that he listened to on an ipod and uh i got that for christmas and it had like three days grace green day rise against um that kind of stuff um, and, but it wasn't like the whole albums. It was just like songs. You know what I mean? Right. Cause back then you had to actually purchase music. So mm. I imagine she had a budget that she was going <laughs> with. So she yeah. was just picking and choosing songs to buy, to put on the iPod nano, you know, streaming was unheard of back then. Yeah. Like, how dare you listen to this music for free? You have to buy yeah. it. You know, when you tried to, your <laughs> computer got an STD. But, you know, yeah. But like I, so I, I had that collection of songs, but I didn't really have like the full albums to listen to or yeah. whatever. And then, uh, n you know, Nickelback and Linkin Park, I actually was able to get those albums and listen to like Meteora and, uh, the one with, um, Rockstar on it, Nickelback, mm. that one, um, the yeah, long road or something is. like that. Something like that. Um, photograph, but like those songs, they like that, that, that was a very instrumental point in my life to where i was like wow this music is awesome i want to listen to this and nothing but this like it's great fantastic um past that it just kind of like nothing real pivotal you know just yeah. like stuff that i picked up that was kind of like in the same realm and i'm just like wow i will note however I was listening to Crown the Empire way before they even got signed to Rise <laughs> Records cuz i was browsing I liked it before they were cool. Yeah. 
I was browsing YouTube trying to find music or whatever, mm-hmm. and it popped up, and it was um, one of the songs off the EP, and I was just like, oh my god, these guys are insane. Yep. I love these guys. And I can like, attest oh, to that, dude. Like I crap. can definitely attest to that because I did not know who they were until I met you, until like you showed them to me. Yeah, dude. And like they hadn't even gotten big yet. The Limitless EP, before oh, everybody yeah. knew who they were, you know? Yeah. Before they changed their sound to like complete metalcore, they were like one of the like experimental electronic hardcore bands. Like they were like so good, dude. That EP was freaking amazing. And I just remember, you know, I don't know if Brandon, did I show you them too? Or had you already known about them before I showed I, them to you? I found them the same way you did. Okay. I think it was at the same time though. Yeah. It was, it like, was a, like a suggested video on YouTube for voices. Yeah. Voices. Before there was. the EP even came out. Yeah. It was like EP out in like two weeks or whatever. And I was like, dang, these guys are good. Yeah. That, that's what it was, man. Mm-hmm. But like, it's crazy. Like I, was it that uh blank TV? That YouTube channel that played like all the unsigned bands I, and stuff? I, Cause that's how I found set it off too. Don't remember, that but yeah, I, I just have to note that that's, if there's yeah. any incremental, you know, pivotal point of actually just listening to music, that would be, I would note that nice. as another one because I was just like so captivated by this band and then they released the first album and then took off and everybody yeah. was there. Cause I remember we went to warp tour one year and they were on one of the side stages but their their crowd was so small, like nobody knew who these guys were. Yeah, they were playing like the little Ernie balls. Yeah. Yep. And I then the that. very next year, dude, their crowd was gigantic. It was like overflowing into like in front of like the merch stands and whatnot. It was so big, and I'm just like, dude, I knew about these guys way before y'all did. So yeah. screw y'all. Okay. <laughs> I remember when I went to Warp Tour in 2016. I I went to Dallas that year, and you know they're from Dallas, so right. Of course, the crowd's gonna be huge there. And yeah, that was like, that was nuts. Like I was in the middle of the crowd and could still barely see what was going on. So a little out of order for me, but those yeah. are three key ones that I can remember. Nice. Aside from getting the it's good. iPod. That turned up some ideas for me too. Yeah. It, it, like it, aside from getting like the iPod and having like those, you know, old school emo bands yeah. on there, you know what I mean? So like, cause at that time it was 2000. 2006 when I got yeah, the iPod. Late. Yeah, so like Suffering the Witness, um, American Idiot. Um, Back uh, when MTV still played those kinds of bands, like everything that one, was on MTV. Yeah, One yeah. X. You know, it was it was basically an MTV iPod. Like I got all yeah. the stuff off of MTV. But yeah, that was the the keynote, and then the next one was like Nickelback and like Linkin Park, okay. and I started venturing out and finding like other stuff watching wwe i was a huge wrestling fan they played like alter bridge and saliva kill switch as the wrestlers entrance themes and they had like the theme songs for the pay-per-views that they would play and i got into it that way like breaking benjamin that kind of stuff yeah and then going forward then we have the silverstein chiotos bless the fall moment where branched out and then later on the crown the empire moment those are like the those are the big ones that I remember that nice. like just like changed my whole like musical uh, likeness, I guess you could say. Heck yeah. I think for me, like the first band that like, and I, I will always say they were always my first like favorite band like of all time was um, the Devil Wears Prada Man because like mm. becoming up into like coming from like you said, like I was listening to Seven Day Slumber. I was listening to 
Um, what's another band? Uh, can't even think, dude. Just bands like that, like Christian bands that were like a little bit heavier, but yeah. people we still listened to them because yeah. they were they were Christian bands. They were in that in that genre. And then I got to understand like Haste of Day, The Devil Wears Prada, um, the bands like that that were like a little bit heavier. And I started getting to yeah. I was like, dude, there's no way that they can be they can be Christian and be that heavy. You yeah. know what I mean, like I would go to we would go to uh what's that that shop that's in love with you that we'd always Mardell. go to um Mardell. Mardell, yeah i was just we'd talking to someone there. about this yesterday uh the one of the guys that rode with us to colorado like you remember we would go and just like grab random cds and just buy them. yeah it's like walking in there and you see all these like cds with like it started like getting to the point where it would just draw your attention just by the cover art of the cd yeah, and that's right. what it was for double wars potter for me like with plagues when I saw the album cover yeah. of Plagues, I was like, dude, I have to have that yeah. album. That album is so awesome. Like, it album looks so cool. is a lot more than people think it is. Like, yes, yeah. it, it's kind of minuscule, but at the same time, you got to think of iconic artwork, like Homesick from A Day to Remember. Yeah. Everybody yeah. remembers that, dude. Like, cover art like that, it just draws people's attention, even if they've never heard the band before. It's just like, oh, yeah. I've got to have that CD, just look at that artwork. You know what I mean? Yeah. The Devil Wears Prada and and um, definitely, and I'll I'll say this too. Like, I'm trying to think of the band's name, dude. Um, it was the Devil Wears Prada, and um, I don't know what the hell. I can't remember their name. Is another metal band, another like Christian Christian metal band. We actually went and saw them. That we saw. I don't remember. Lorna Shore. Yeah, we saw them. <laughs> Yes. You said I want to show Chelsea Grin. <laughs> Suicide Silence. I feel like you're um, intentionally naming like the most like. Yeah, I thought that was pretty obvious. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I'm slow, but I'm worth waiting on. <laughs> but no, just like, so like going from like the Devil Wears Prada to listen to Devin Scavin dance to listen to all these bands, like getting into those like type of bands, like. A little senior. Music, it was really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was really interesting to like see the difference between, and that's what like gets you to diversify your music is like you, you listen to these bands and they have like those like some have those poppy punky, type feel to them and they're still metal but they can still have those like little systems where they're like pop punk they have a little bit of hip hop in them you know what I mean like they take oh, yeah. from each and every different different genre to like make their songs. But yeah, Devil Devil Wears Prada was definitely one of the biggest bands that like kind of push me towards that that uh just i want to play music like that like i wanted yeah. to be that band i wanted yeah. to be be able to play that kind of music you know what i mean what that's why like i was in that scene tooth out like my karanica <laughs> yeah dude yeah yeah <laughs> well, heck yeah um <clears throat> yeah i mean there's there's probably a lot of songs for me that are very like i remember that moment when i first heard that and it's amazing um one band for me that I don't know why, like what you said just kind of made me think of this, but uh, a Skylit Drive was actually huge for me. Um, I could see that. I remember because I, you know, the first time I heard them, I heard like Knights of the Round or something just randomly on, had my iPod on shuffle of like LimeWire songs I downloaded. Yeah. And they came up because of like Skylit's Airplane or something. And I was like, these guys are interesting. And then that was it. Like they were just on my, my iPod as, you know, a band. Right. And then I bought the, uh, the DVD. I, I remember very specifically because, uh, it was the first time I had ever gotten the flu. 
because I thought I was going to die. Like I thought yeah. that week that at 17 years old, I was dead. <laughs> and so like all week I have the flu and I'm miserable. And then I start feeling better. And Friday, that Friday, um, my dad was going to Lubbock with his friend for some reason. I remember this memory very specifically. And it was the day that uh, Homesick by A Day to Remember came out. Nice. And so my dad's friend look, takes one look at me. I mean, you know how we dressed back in the day. He takes one look at me. He's like, we going to Hot Topic and getting lip rings or what? And I was like, can we really go to Hot Topic? Like, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I don't want lip rings, but can we go? <laughs> yeah. And it was like back when they still had like CDs and DVDs and stuff. Right. And so they had Homesick, like this big display for Homesick. But then they had the uh, Let Go of the Wires, the like little tour documentary from A Skylight Drive. From Wires and the Concept of Breathing. Yeah. And I was like, man. I dude, I remember when you bought that. You like brought it home. You were like, dude, we got to watch this. You got to yeah. come over and we got to watch this. Yeah. And I remember like, because I just saw it and I was like, I kind of, I like this band. I want this. And I watched it and it had all their music videos and it had the live show and like the tour blogs. Dude, I watched that thing like every day after school for like <laughs> two months straight. Like not even joking. Just like listening to those songs over and over again. Listening to the album over and over again. And it's... I kind of easy. The doctors, doctors are about to arrive. <laughs> and I like, I, I recently went back and listened to that album and realized that it's probably one of my favorites like ever because it's, a, it's, it's a very great sentimental, album. but yeah, like I just remember that being very pivotal because I've always been a lot less on the like really heavy side of the music and more of the, like, I love the bands that, sit right on the line like Chiodos or a Skylit Drive or like a day to remember that it's like you can't quite call them metalcore because yeah. they're not metal like really at all but they're heavy enough that they fit with those bands I see stars that's always been my thing like the the really like you know what some people call the whiny girly metalcore bands or whatever yeah. and a Skylit Drive is what set that love in motion for me because like his vocals and the melodies to the songs oh yeah like, gosh darn this is catchy and like the music is so so just so sick you know that the guitar parts cover. are sick yeah and the the drumming was great like and they were funny like the documentary was hilarious i was just like this is y'all remember it. when that was a thing when like bands in that like category were just all just like goofy and hilarious and just yep. did random stuff you know the, the myspace yeah. days the myspace days yeah when like when we decided we were gonna make a video whole, like tour video yeah, yeah. That, exactly you know that's crazy yeah think back on that yeah that's that's a really pivotal one for me because it kind of kind of got me in a way to where i am now or well, where i was for a long time with like i don't i'm not a big metalcore guy anymore because i'm old and it's too loud but like you know yeah for sure so there's one that like and i'll never forget this dude so like back when i was in like I was like in seventh or eighth grade. So I, when I was younger, I got caught with, um, it wasn't even an ounce of weed. I got caught with weed when I was in, in junior high. Right. Um, and I got kicked out of school because I stole from my sister. My sister, I knew that she carried weed and that she had it on her. So I went to her car and I, I stole some weed out of her car and I put <laughs> it in my, in a little baggie and I put it in my backpack and I went to school. And I was like, dude, I'm going to, I'm going to take this to school. I'm going to be a cool kid. I got weed. I'm, <laughs> I'm a really cool kid. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, look, mom, man. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I get caught with the weed because a guy that I uh, showed it to told our principal that I had it. 
after no I had told him that I had it, he was like, dude, I want to buy it from you. And I was like, no, I'm not going to sell you this. What a narc. It's weird. Like, I don't, even, I don't even know what I'm going to do with it. So he, like, he went and told on me, and I got in trouble. And when I got in trouble, like, they, like, brought in the, the police officer that was there at the junior high. And it just became a whole thing. Right. And it was just a, a whole thing. Yeah, I got kicked no. out of school, all that, all that stuff. Um, but afterwards, we ended up going out of town, me, my mom, my dad, because my mom was a, uh, a worship leader at the time. We ended up going out of town to another church. Um, my mom was going to be playing out with the church band that she was in. And Reliant K had just released Ooh. their album. Um, what is it? Uh, five, five Score? I forgot what it's called, dude. You know what I'm talking about? Where they're all standing in, in the front. They all have like hoodies on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, five, five score and seven years ago. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. So that album had just dropped. It just came out, like, right when we went on that trip. So I bought it. My, my, my dad bought it for me. Even though I had done all that crap, like, they still bought it for me. So on the way there, I was listening to that album, dude, the entire trip, like, from Hobbs to... I don't even remember the town that we went to. I just remember, like, going there, and I'll, I'll never forget it. Like, on the way there, I was listening to that album. Every single song on that album, like had something to do with what i was going through nice. and to this day like there's still reliant k albums and reliant k songs that like i still listen to like that yeah they're they're older and they've been around for quite a while but like that album definitely spoke to me hardcore when it came to me like dealing with the crap that i was dealing with like especially like the first like three albums of the i'm sorry the free, first three songs of that album because of just the stuff that i was going through i felt like i had like abandoned like everything that I believed in. I felt like I just like let my parents down. I felt like I just done everything that I shouldn't have done. Like I'd ruined everything. I ruined my life, all this right. other crap. And like, but at the end of the day, like my parents forgave me and like, it just ended up being an awesome trip and I learned a lot. But like that album, I feel like if it wouldn't have been for that album, like I would have been like in a, a complete another space of just, I would have been depressed, dude. I would have been like in the, yeah. being as young as I was, I would have just been like, yeah, dude, it's not worth it. Like, I'm, I'm not happy. Like, it's not okay. But that album definitely, definitely had a big impact on, on the whole situation, the, what I was, which what I was going through. For sure, for sure. Sweet. I like it. Well, uh, I guess we'll jump into another block real quick with some more metal for you. Let's do it.
Oh, we just heard Romance by Varials and The Feel Good Drag by Amberlin, which they re-recorded for their 2008 yeah. album, you might know. But the 2005 Never Take Friendship personal version is better because he screams in it. And I just like the way the guitar tone is in that version better. There's something about that age of music where sonically, like, it's it's... I don't know, like more energetic, more raw, I guess you could say. Yeah. Like sonically, the production value around that era. Yeah, it's just like so, like, I love it. I, I love that. It's awesome. Absolutely. It's fantastic. All right. So we're getting close to the end here. Um, I got a question for you guys that could wrap this up. Um, might take a little bit of thinking power from y'all, but I'm curious. 
right now, as of this moment, what can you say your favorite band is of all time? That's fine. Right. Right. That's fine. Um, I mean, definitely right now, dude. I mean, as of right now, so it's since, like I said before, like the Devil Wears Prada was definitely my my favorite band when I first like started listening to music. It was just because of what we were getting into and like the shows that we were playing and the bands that we wanted to be like. I would say that it was Devil Wears Prada back then. But I mean, now that I'm getting older and like, I'm not trying to say that <laughs> that this band is older. That they they've been around for a while. They really have. But um, the main reason that this band is one of my favorite bands of all time is because. They've kind of changed with the times, but also their music has stayed the same. Like it hasn't really changed. Yeah, they've kind of changed their like. What's what I'm looking for? They've changed their. Um, it's not their sound that they've changed. They've kind of changed the pace of like how they play their songs. They've their tried style, to style like, essentially. Yeah. yeah, they. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Death Cab for Cutie, man. Nice. Definitely. I mean, just because of how like how metaphorical they are with their their lyrics and how like how much thought goes into the the lyrical part of their songs and like it's just so deep like if you listen to their lyrics not only just the music man but if you listen yeah. to the lyrics like when benjamin gibber just when he sings the songs like there's so much like so much thought process that goes into the songs like my favorite song by them is always going to be be what sarah said Nice. I don't know if you guys ever heard that song, but that's my mm-hmm. favorite song by them of all time, dude. Like, that's a good one. And I'm I'm definitely gonna get the the lyrics tattoo. But like, my favorite part of that song is uh, "Who's gonna watch you die?" Because at the end of the day, like, who's gonna watch you die, dude? I mean, yeah. like, is it yeah. gonna be the person that you're living with now? Is it gonna be the person that you like? It's gonna be somebody that you trust. Is it gonna be your parents? Is it gonna be somebody that you love? Is it gonna be your child? You know what I mean? Like, right. Who's gonna be there with you? Yeah. you know what I mean, like, I think that's kind of beautiful to think about it, it really that way. Is. You know what I mean? It's deep. Dang, getting all poetic on us. I like it. Poetic. <laughs> Lyrical. Lyrical menace. I don't know. Yes. I trying to I'm trying to sound cool and it's not <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, so uh as everybody who has ever met me in, in their entire life knows, my favorite band of all time is Seosin. Always has been, always will be. The absolute best musicians. In the world, in my opinion, the self-titled album and In Search of Solid Ground are two of the greatest albums of all time. Very beautifully written lyrically, very beautifully performed vocally, very fantastic on every musical level. Even the stuff with Anthony Green, hes not, I like Cove Reaver better, but yeah. Anthony Green is a wonderful vocalist. He's talented, and the music is still just as phenomenal on any of the stuff he's on. Yes. Um, I guess, like, as a more current favorite artist, huh? Um, it was like a part two of my favorite artist. Uh, I really, really, really like State Champs. That's a really good band. Um, and then there's this uh, this singer songwriter Noah Khan, mm-hmm. who his music is really sad and depressing, but it's kind of upbeat and catchy at the same time it's interesting and he's probably my favorite artist to listen to now outside of like this genre i guess cool i have one and one only which is gonna undervalue y'all's two picks but i've got one and one only always will always have been 
tattooed on my arm, Inner Shikari, greatest nice. band of all time. Love Inner Shikari. Their musicianship is I phenomenal. Their live performance is the best I've ever seen, and I've seen a lot of bands. Um, I just they their energy, their their musicianship as a whole, not just as individual, you know, one individual doing everything. No, like they all have equal input. They all do multiple instruments. Like it's, they're just so freaking great. And they're so like experimental that their, their sound is so eclectic. Like their, their, their whole discography is like so up and down all over the place. It's phenomenal. It's great. The way that they've just been able to, you know, switch like, Hey, we're going to do this, but we're also going to keep what we did here. And we're going to like, I just, I, I, every album they put out, I'm just like, how do they keep doing this? Because it's like, they keep reinventing themselves without reinventing themselves. Nice. They keep like, they keep like putting out music that you're like, holy crap. That sounds nothing like what it, the last album sounded like, but at the same time, you're like, yeah, that's that's Inner Shikari, 100%, you know? Yeah. From Take to the Skies to uh, Nothing is True and Everything is Possible, it's just like such a roller coaster ride that you go on, and it's just like they started here with this idea of essentially being the pioneers of electronic hardcore music as it is, you know? multiple bands have taken from that you know you got to think of bands you know bringing in the electronic element into their sound after inner started doing it and it's just no band has hit i can argue icy stars that's also a band i have tattooed on me um but at the same time it's just inner just hits it each time they can be hardcore they can be heavy they can be beautiful they can be like a like a symphony they can they can do anything man like they can do some hip-hop they can do some r&b they can do some like trap they can do uh alternative they can do pop punk they can do metal they can they can do anything man and it's just crazy how they make it work and they make it click dude like honestly like i i just from the very first time i ever heard them sorry you're not a winner i'm pretty sure that's the song everybody heard from them yeah Okay, you know. time for Plan B. Yeah, yeah. I just say, dude, if it wasn't for that song, there would be like no electronic hardcore, dude. Dude, like, yep. that in Plan B, like, there's no way. For real, though, dude, like, it's just insane how they've grown and they've matured and they've progressed. And I like the way they, they definitely, the way that, especially with Rao, with his lyricism, the way that he incorporates, you know, his own beliefs and his own, you know, the way that he's feeling, but he also makes it like to where everybody can understand and it's not all one sided, you know, it's not because they're a very political band. Like, like, you know, it's 100% they are a political band, but at the same time, it doesn't too liberal for me. It, it shines (laughs) through, but at the same time, it's very like, it's very held back. Like they can be upfront with it, but they can also pull it back and pull you into like, like Stop the Clocks is like such a great song. It's yeah. one of their newer songs, but it's just it very good. so it's phenomenal. Love that song. You know, some of their more like pulled back, like more like genuine, like down to earth songs. It's like, it's, it's insane. Like they are phenomenal. They will always be my favorite band. Nice. Like I absolutely love Inner Shikari. 
Heck yeah. That answer has not changed for years for me. Like I always get, you know, at certain times it's been this band over this band, but I always went back to inner Shikari. Like I still, to this day, I'm like, it's inner Shikari, dude. That's yeah. gotta be my favorite band of all time. Got to. I dig it. One more, one, one more question to wrap up the show today. Let's do it. Talking about things like musical experiences that have changed your life. What is the one live show that changed your life? could be any band, any circumstance, just a live show that literally your life was not the same moving forward. Inner Shikari, 10-year tour. There you go. There was a bunch of stuff going on at that time. You know, you were yep. there. Mm -hmm. um, it was the very first time I'd ever gotten to see them. I'd been wanting to see them for years. Um, finally got to catch them for the 10-year tour of Take to the Skies, which they did play the entire album, top to, top to bottom, yep. including, you know, songs here and there. You know, they played songs off of each album, you know, but they played the entire disc, like the entire record, and it was insane. But at that time, you know, I was going through a lot, and it just meant a lot to me to be able to finally see them and to see and experience how they are live and to actually get to experience how they have become my, not only my favorite band, but my favorite live band as well. Like that's, that's hard to say because you've got a favorite band, but there's always a band that you've seen other than your favorite band that you're like, yeah, that it's that's the just best the live best band. live yeah. band I've ever seen in my life. You know, yeah. Inner Shikari is my favorite band and the, my, like in my opinion, the best live band I've ever seen. Like they're, their stage presence, the way that everything is so raw, it doesn't have to sound exactly like it sounds on the album. They do some crazy stuff. You know, Rao's up there doing his little jigs and dances, and they do like that that crazy Spitfire thing where they do like five songs in like two minutes. It's crazy, man. It's like insane. Like, I gotta say, like, after that show, I like, it was a very pivotal moment in my life, and that's when my life's kind of started to progress towards different stuff, and that I, I just got to put that in there. Now, the show after that that we saw the year later mm -hmm. in Austin, that's probably Man, my that favorite live show ever, but that show in particular definitely was like a probably a changing point in my life to where yeah. my life hasn't been the same since I saw that show. For me, man, I feel like it's like, it's kind of corny. It may sound really corny, but. There's no wrong in answer. 2000, <laughs> in 2015, I was able to take Kelly, my, my person, as I call her. She's technically my wife. We've been together for, for about 10 years now. Um, I got to take her to see her favorite band of all time, man. Like before we even like got together, I knew that her favorite band was was Fall Out Boy. Like right. it's been her favorite band since she was super young. Like, I swear to you, dude. As soon as I as soon as I like came over and like got to see her bedroom, like her bedroom was nothing but Fall Out Boy and like Pete Wentz, like yeah. like a pleth a plethora of like posters of Pete Wentz and like Fall Out Boy. Like it was nothing but that. Right. And um, it just it it not only felt good to be able to take care to see her favorite band, but like also like one of my favorite bands, like I grew up listening to them. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't as deep into them as she was, but like, it just felt good to be able to take care to see that. And like the one thing that I'll take away from that is like, 
And I have a video of it. I recorded it because I wanted to see her reaction. I wanted to be able to to capture that. Um, as they were coming on stage, she had never seen them live. We saw that we've seen them live like three times since then. But like the first time that she saw them live, um, <laughs> they like fireworks went off before they even came up. And she saw them. But dude, it's so funny. The video. She saw them before anybody else in the crowd did. She saw like Pete's and like <laughs> Pete's and the other bands like heads come up because they came out from under the stage. They came up in like this like little That's like dope. lift. <laughs> That's crazy. And she saw their head before anybody else did. So in the video, you hear her like losing her mind. She's like screaming and crying and screaming. And then all of a sudden you hear everybody else screaming after she's screaming because, <laughs> because she sees it before everybody else does. But it just just that dude, like I that right there, like being able to see them live and like being able to meet them, like because I did get to meet them finally. Like we got to I bought her backstage passes so that she could meet them. And I got to meet them. But it was it was just kind of surreal, man, being able to like just for me also, like being able to meet a band that like was a big influence for me. Like and I even told them that when I met them. I was like, dude, like 13 years, it's been going on 13 years now. Like you guys were a big influence for me, especially when I started playing in bands and playing guitar, like and lyric wise, just like listening to you guys, like you guys were a big influence. And like, I just want to tell you, thank you. Like you guys were awesome. And um, like I said before in the last page, the, maybe the last one or the couple before, hmm. um, Pete Wentz has the most beautiful eyes in the world, dude. He does. <laughs> the return of Pete Wentz's beautiful eyes. <laughs> but no, dude, just like being able to see her face and like, it was just, just that whole surreal thing, dude, being able to meet them and being able to see her face. It was, it was awesome. It was a good show. Yeah. Wow. That's, That's great, awesome. Man. That's really sweet. I like it. Yeah, mine's um, not a band I care all that much about these days, but I especially don't care about this particular live set. But Of Mice and Men uh, being the first band to play that morning at the very first Warp Tour I ever went to, I'll never forget that. Like, I'll never forget driving to Las Cruces, meeting up with you guys in line, because that's when you were living in El Paso, right? was the very first warp tour. I'll never forget waiting in line like we were so scared that we were going to be at the back of the line that we we all met up there like 3 hours before the gates opened and we were like the you know fifth set of people in line or something. Wow. Yeah. I was sunburned before the show ever started. Nice. Because we were just standing there for hours on end. And there forever. And it was uh, and I did that for so many years, but I I just I just that I remember the NMSU field so perfectly and all of the grass and seeing all the tents set up and we're just like in line staring and it's like, Oh look, that's the Alessana tent. That's I see stars. Oh, Oh, you know, all this crazy, bring me the horizon. And just as soon as the gates open, it's like, and now the floodgates have opened. Yes. (laughs) It's like, all these people spilling in, and I think it was like Emure was playing on the stage the very first. And, you know, me, I was like, oh, gross. And what? <laughs> but, like, uh, I just remember it. We, we found the schedules, and My Men didn't play till like noon. So there was like an hour of nothing. Right. And we were just standing there watching whatever band was on that stage first, just chilling. And, dude, they come out, and they're playing these songs that I heard in off of the first album. And I just remember my heart just like pounding out of my chest. I was like, this is the warp tour, baby. Like we're here. Yeah. And 
their set was awful. The guy that was, you know, the replacement for Austin Carlisle sucks so bad. <laughs> but just the memory of like, this is the start of my very first warp tour. And the fact that it changed my life to the point where I had to go every single year. Like, I didn't to care. To the point where you went multiple times in Bro, I, certain years. I didn't care what I had to compromise to get there. I was going to go to a warp tour. Even if I went all by myself, yeah. I was going to go each year. And just the feelings that I get from that even still, like I, you know, um, Warp Tour was the first place in my life that I ever felt like I truly belonged. Yeah. Like I was finally among people like me who didn't think I was a weirdo or, you know, who I didn't at least feel like thought I was a weirdo. Yeah. Um, but I remember the feelings too. Like, uh, there was that, those couple of years when they had the Warped Roadies show on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. And each time, each week when a new episode came on, they announced five more bands that were playing the next summer. And I would watch the show, and not only were you reliving some of the moments from the year before, but it's like you're excited, like, ooh, 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 and it's like the next wave of bands, and it's like, oh, snap, and you're just waiting for, yep. at least out of the five, there's always like the one band that you're like, I gotta catch yep. their set, yo. You gotta go there, yeah. And, dude, it was just, that was, that was uh, huge for me and then just all day like seeing inner shikari icy stars alisana Emerosa, confide in fear and faith never shout never um hey monday a little bit like a bunch of those bands and it was just like dude this is heaven this is this is what heaven feels like you'll never and, forget your first warp tour yeah do you remember when we saw hey monday and then the dude that like i brought with me was like hey i went to hey monday's tent and i was the only person in there and he like got to like meet them and talk to them and like oh, for like a whole oh, like, yeah. fucking sick yeah, nobody like, else went to the tent except for him because nobody else understood what she said after the show she was like yeah come oh, to our yeah. tent and like nobody understood he was the only one the guy that i took with me was the only one that go to the went to the tent and like he spent like three hours with them yeah and like got to meet all of them hang out with them that's, that's another thing about van's warp tour that is the only setting you will probably uh, with more likelihood than any other show you go to be able to meet the band members oh yeah dude and talk to them personally without there being like a line 10 miles long behind them just because they're out in the open and they're walking around and you get to see them and take a picture with them. Say, hi, what's up? You know, yeah. actually go to their tent, like swing by their tent and you know who they are, but other people don't. So you're like, Hey dude, what is up? You know? Yeah. And they're like, Hey man. So, you know, here's, here's our record. You know, you can just have that. That's cool. Yeah. You know, I remember the, uh, um, the first year that Memphis Mayfire played on the, like the monster stage or whatever. And at the time, of course, they were my favorite band ever. I saw the guitar. I was stood behind the guitar player in line getting a snow cone. <laughs> and like I walked up to the line and I was I was just chilling, you know, like, oh, man, it's hot. I'm going to get a snow cone. He turns like his head to the side and I saw like his profile and my heart was like, yep. I was like, that's 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 the guy. That's that's him. And so I just like tapped him on the shoulders like. Excuse me, bro. Uh, you're you're in Memphis Mayfire, right? He's like, yeah, man. And I was like, dude, you guys are like the greatest band of all time. Thank you so much for being amazing. Yeah. And I just remember he goes, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> just shook my hand and then got a snow cone. I never saw him again. Yep. But yeah, it's, it's always it's crazy. Yeah. My my second Warp Tour was like the very first <clears throat> year that I'd ever gone to Warp Tour. I saw Bo Boken just coming across the field or whatever. He was just walking towards us, and I was like, that's, that's, that, that's Bo Bogan. And he walked past us, and I was like, Bo! 
And he turned around. I was like, dude. And he was like, dude. <laughs> and like, he just came up to us so like casually and he was like, what's up, man? And I was yeah. just like, dude, this is like the greatest thing I've ever experienced oh, in yeah. my life. That's Bo freaking Boken. And shortly before that, Kellen Quinn, he was late. They were late to their set or whatever. <laughs> and he was like running behind, but like, I just saw Kellen Quinn walking past and I was like, dude, that freaking Kellen Quinn. I know. What dude. the hell is happening right now? It's just like, like the amount of like, and not that that's really, you know, as, as a 30 year old man, I could care less. Now. But <laughs> like, I just remember For back, little, back yeah. in the day, like that being such a huge deal. Like the one, the one time I did go to Warp Tour in Dallas, uh, we got there the night before and they were having a pre-party at one of the bars in Deep Ellum. And we went to the big mall, the North Park Mall or whatever. And there was just all kinds of band people walking around that mall, just like getting Jamba Juice and shopping for clothes. And I saw, of all the people in the world, at the, at the van store, I saw Ryan Key from Yellow Card. Wow. And like, that's a huge one. Yeah. I was like, no, that's, that's a big thing, dude. Yeah. That's... I was so nervous I didn't talk to him, but I was just like, because at, at first, <laughs> the funny thing is, at first I was like, "Dang, that dude's short," and then I like d- double took and I was like, that, "That's that's that's Mr. Yellow Card." So <laughs> I was with Kellen Quinn, the exact same thought. Damn, that dude's short. And then as the kid's closer, I was like, "That's freaking Kellen Quinn." Yeah, I was towering over Kellen Quinn, dude, and I'm like five nine. I'm like <laughs> five eight, five nine, and I'm just like, "Dude, that guy is so short." <laughs> it's just it's like, crazy. Like you, the band people. Like people from bands, when you see them in person, are always either way shorter or, or way, way taller. taller. They're never what you expect. No, never. Like Bo oh. Boken, I was like, he's huge. Lord, what dude. are you like, seven feet tall? Yeah, or? dude, he's tall, bro. <laughs> it's so funny, dude. Then now that we're now that we're in our thirties, like thinking about that, like I don't care anymore. You know what yeah. I mean? Like if I were to go to a show, I'd be like, and Kellen Kuhn walk by, I'd be like, "What's up, dude?" Yeah, I, do, you know I mean, like they're just people, bro. Yeah, like, they're just know. people. Absolutely. Yeah, like. I remember I was <laughs> being just, so starstruck when we met Telly at, oh, yeah. at Jake's. Right? We and were now just I'm like, like no, Telly's whatever. We were like, oh, that's Telly Smith, bro. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a handful of people that I would still freak out if I met. If I saw Anthony Green or Cove Reber, I'd probably still freak out. Maybe Dustin Kendrew as well, or anyone from Under Oath. And then, like, Dave Grohl. Like, if I saw Dave Grohl or, like... Oh, Dave Grohl. Like yeah, yeah. May, maybe like Tom DeLonge or something. I'd yeah, probably, I'd probably crap my pants a little bit. And especially if you saw Mark Coppice and he's like coming out of his like whole cancer situation, be like, dude, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. But dude, I guarantee you, if I if I met Mark Coppice, I would get a picture for sure. I'd be like, please, I would shit my pants. Can dude. can I have a hug? Like literally, <laughs> I would shit my pants. Yeah, or Travis Barker, you know, greatest drummer of all time, in my opinion. But anyways, on that note, guys, it's been fun. Heck Great yeah! Great episode. We got one last block of music for you guys. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode, and hope you guys stick with us going forward. We're gonna keep bringing them to ya and keep bringing the jams. Oh yeah. And how does it feel to be the name that's on the page? To know that you've joined the ranks Of all of the people I hate And how does it feel to be the one that's at her stage To know that you're just a face That started this horrible game 
Just a little faster. Hey.